0: Welcome to the Jax Rangers Show, a New England free Jax fan podcast.
1: And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris.
0: Bazaar Rangers, this is Phil Harris again here at the Jax Rangers Show. We have reached episode 23. This is the last episode of season one. Next month in January, we're starting on episode 24 for season two. Wanted to go through a couple of things here before we get the theme music going. Wanted to promote the merchandise. Uh, The merchandise. It is at www.jaxrangers.com forward slash store. You will find hoodies there you will find hats beanies drawstring bag t-shirts for the kid t-shirts for the adults all of the rangers in your life stop on by and purchase some jack's rangers merch Final thing before we hit the theme music here, I wanted to mention a new charity drive that Jack's Rangers is behind. This is called Phil's Last Ride. I am growing a full, beautiful Carolina waterfall. And people are going to ask, what is a Carolina waterfall, Phil, you North Carolina hillbilly? It is a mullet. I'm going to be growing out a mullet as my last ride. I'm going bald. I'm 37 years old. I have had thinning hair at the top of my head since I was in college. So this is the final last ride of luxurious flowing locks and i'm doing it in the form of a mullet for charity this is going to be for massachusetts youth rugby organization they will be getting all of the funds the goal is one thousand dollars i hope to reach that by the end of the free jack season in 2022 at that time i will shave off the mullet completely and i will be donating that money directly to the massachusetts youth rugby organization that's the the updates that i Wanted to mention here about the charity that here at the Jack's Ranger show. Let's kick that theme music. Welcome to Jackmas. Kick that mule. Woo! Got the longest episode coming in here at the last episode of season one. This is a gargantuan episode, guys. It was a blast recording all of these. We've got relatively new rugby fan Wes Burho joining us. He is one of Dave's buddies. He is an American football coach, so he brings an interesting perspective to his fandom with rugby. So glad that Dave is the head vampire of people that he's converting to rugby and, and uh becoming rugby be fans here for our Free Jacks. The next interview that we're doing is with one of my mentors in the podcasting realm, a good buddy of mine by the name of Chris Phillips. I have mentioned him on this podcast previously. He's kind of a, serves as like an inspiration for me with the Jacks Rangers show. Long story short, he does a Carolina Athletics podcast that is extremely successful. We've become friends over the years and I just look to him for advice and stuff like that in the podcasting world. His guidance, led me to creating The Jack Stranger Show, among other people, of course, Big Joe Shepard, Scott Ferrara, also somebody that was very influential in me starting this whole thing. But Chris Phillips is is a good buddy of mine that uh, I talk to quite frequently. You know, I'm just kind of, he's blazing the trail and I'm just kind of, walking down it is the way that I see it with what he's doing with his show, The Spurs Up Show. Highly recommend checking it out. And finally, we've got round four with the performance director of the Free Jacks. We are getting ever so close to the preseason starting next month. So I wanted to have Tom Kindly, who's just an awesome dude, very generous with his time, is a big supporter and friend of this show, jump on there as the final interview. So the, the interview cue will go like this. We'll have Wes Burho first and then Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up show. And finally, we'll have the Free Jacks Performance Director, Tom Kindly, as the last interview. Wanted to mention one thing before we get to that. I found out that Mags and I are in the same fraternity. So at the University of South Carolina, I was the president of Theta Delta Chi. And Mags was a Theta Delta at Dartmouth College interesting fact there mags if you're if you're listening to this uh what's up dude our hearts are united he'll know what that means okay so yeah i appreciate everybody listening in welcome to episode 23 Jacksmith the final episode of season one strap in it's going to be a long one i think you'll enjoy it here we go woo Huzzah Rangers, this is Phil Harris again here at the Jack's Rangers show. I've got Dave McVay with me as always. We've got a very special guest this time around. Wes Burho has joined us. He is a recent uh, rugby convert, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. A recent rugby fan. Wes, how the hell are you?
2: I'm doing well. How's it going? Great to be on. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Not too bad, man. Um, So tell us where you're from, first and foremost.
2: Uh, Born and raised in Massachusetts. Uh, Actually grew up in Foxborough. Uh, so I come by the uh the hat. Yeah. Uh you know it's kind of my birthright but uh right. yeah just always always been in New England uh, yeah. uh you know pr- proud of it.
0: Very cool. What is your origin story with rugby? Um how did you find rugby?
2: Uh see so I got sent to a a sleepaway camp, a very prestigious uh New England sleepaway camp uh completely by accident. My grandmother went uh, to send me to a camp. She oh, this is, uh, look it up. And, you know, back then, there was no Google. So uh, she sent me to this camp called Camp Beckett uh, in the Berkshire Mountains. And there was a lot of international staff. And they um, were able to kind of convince uh, people at the camp that this international staff should run a rugby program and uh so it was you know it was only touch i've ever i have never played um you know real rugby i really i literally learned a very little bit when i was in my preteens over the summers from uh an actual uh mari um pl- player from new zealand and uh some south Afri- africans and a uh, couple australians and you know and like if you can imagine those groups of people together Trying to run anything, like <laughs> you know, and these guys are really just in the United States to like sightsee and hang out with you know 50, 60, uh, you know, preteen uh, running around. It was an absolute mess, but I learned like what a prop was and what a scrum was. So I had like a base understanding, and um, and then I've coached high school football for like 16 years, and uh, we kind of have this joke. Uh, in high school football, <laughs> of the evolution of an offensive lineman. And so essentially, a kid comes to join the football team as an offensive lineman. And you say, hey, you're an offensive lineman. And they say, mm, no, I'm pretty sure I'm a fullback. <laughs> and and you and say, so okay, and they try a fullback. And then, you know, a little further down the line, they go, you know what? Actually, I think I'm an offensive lineman. And you're like, yeah, yeah you're an offensive lineman and they start to take pride in being an offensive lineman and then they graduate and they come back and they go you know I thought I was an offensive lineman but really I'm a rugby player <laughs> <laughs> and so so I've had a I've had a lot of former players actually uh, become rugby players uh, some of them actually played uh, with Dave at a time so uh, uh, it's life's a weird crazy circle
0: it's interesting that you bring that up. One of uh, Carolina rugby, which is my school that I went to for collegiate rugby, uh, one of our guys played on the the, the football team, uh, South Carolina, big big SEC school, uh, mm-hmm. was an offensive lineman, decided maybe it wasn't for him. I think he was a preferred walk-on or something like that. Didn't have a scholarship, yep. decided to you know wash out of that and is now one of our best rugby players. He dropped a ton of weight and is now playing second row and just absolutely tearing up the league. So, yeah, that's definitely a thing that happens. Um, new fans are extremely important to the growth of MLR. It won't survive without uh, you know these new fans coming in and being interested. It can't just be former and current rugby players watching. There's no way it will survive that way. Uh, what drew you into the game and kept you watching it?
2: Uh, for me, so I think Americans are kind of pigheaded um, in terms of anything, anything that is national, uh, especially when it comes to sports and i actually kind of believe that it's because we're so our sports the big four are the premier leagues of those sports and whereas when we get an international game in here we don't get the premier athlete uh to come and play if they, if we do they're old it's it's they're, they're on their victory tour and so when I went to my first Free Jacks game, I had heard about them, but what I was really taken aback was even though I had a, a extreme limited understanding of rugby, um, I could the game is super intuitive. The speed of the game was at a high level, and I could even tell that while this is not uh, the you know the Premier League in in Europe or New Zealand or wherever, this was still not amateur. This was not a weekend warrior. Like these guys were professional. And I think it has to do with um the age of the guys that was out that was that were out there. I mean we were we're really watching younger guys trying to name for themselves. And I think ML has done a really great job. Um as I've gotten more and more into it, I see how they design their team so that if they want to move on they can and if they want to get notice and get to those premier leagues they can and so not to say that it's a element league but a showcase league and all again as someone who doesn't look game it didn't look boring it wasn't just smash it in line a bunch of times there were so many set plays so many um thoughtful tactical maneuvers throughout the game that even someone who doesn't know the game can say oh that that was very purposeful and that was very skillful and that kind of gets me excited for more you know when i can see the game behind the game that gets me excited for more and then lastly um you know there's there's two things and it it's it doesn't it's not like they would go together normally but um violence and atmosphere and so like the game being violent yep. is we, I love that. I think everyone like, you know, why do beautiful girls go to boxing matches? Like, cause everyone wants to see people get their, fi- their heads blown off. Like they just, <laughs> they, they, they want to see blood. We want to see the gladiator. Right. But then rugby has this totally dip, different atmosphere of true camaraderie um, I got yelled at for um, you know mocking a ref once by my good friend Dave, and I was like, oh, and like it was a, it was a formative experience for me because I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm the only a hole who's doing that, and you know, <laughs> and like realizing that like this is the the community, and you know, after coming to one, two, three games, seeing the community of people, the different people at the game, how the how it feels like I've gone to football games and felt uncomfortable even as a very large man uh, due to the atmosphere i've always felt welcomed i've always felt like um i'm valued as a fan um i really you know and it's not like um you know triple a baseball feel like, it's not like, oh, you're here, we're going to have some dancing nonsense and some games so you can not pay attention to the boring game. It's truly like, thanks for coming, thanks for watching us, thanks for supporting us with your money. And it's it's a great feeling to feel a part of something and to look out on the field and see something that is like a true value. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm actually getting my money's worth. These guys are are playing. They're, they're giving it their all, you know, so...
0: I occasionally do chirp at the ref but I will just say at the end I respectfully disagree sir. Oh yeah. Something along those lines and it makes it a little bit more rugby appropriate. So yeah. I'm a
2: big I'm a big fan of the of the sir with the question at the end. Sir sir. Sir.
0: <laughs> sir you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Absolutely. So you're an American football coach. You're you're wearing the Patriots hat. Um, you live, you've born in Foxborough, I believe is what you said. Um, what would your pitch to football fans be to give rugby a try? I mean, obviously I, I, I've got my phone right here. I am on a discord of all, you know, college football fanatics. I always throw rugby in there and they're, they just like, they're completely closed off to it. So what would Mm. your pitch because it's an international game, blah, 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 you know, you you drive the issues that people have, but what would your pitch be? Uh,
2: first get to a game it's one thing to see it on tv um the other thing is that the game is intuitive so once you're there you know it's pretty easy to understand what's going on even if you don't know the basic mechanics of the of the game whereas if you're watching a football game there's 180 rules and they're all confusing and there's flags and whistles and stoppages and all these things whereas rugby is a go-go which gets it which you get like Oh, it's actually possession isn't as important as position, you know, and like some big attacks, a lot of flow with and excitement in the game. Um, the other thing is is the violence. There's great hitting, great tackling, great runs, you know, big time athletic achievement and movement. And seeing that live is great. And then the atmosphere fans, you know, um, like I've said, you know, I've ever seen more at an event than uh, in, in rugby, and not that, you know, you go to games to pick up chicks, but if that's your deal, maybe. I don't know. It's to have an atmosphere. You bring the family. You can bring who, whomever you want. You can bring, and I, I've invited – so Dave invited me. I watched my first game. I bought season tickets right after, and then after that, every single game for, like, five games, I brought a new – And every person that I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Great time. I can't wait to, you know, so I wouldn't commit to buying season tickets like I am weird. They they enjoyed themselves enough to say that was awesome. I can't wait to come back.
0: So in Stephen King terms, Dave is essentially like the head vampire of this, (laughs) this growing, like, you know, uh, new exposure to rugby uh, fandom here. That's awesome. Uh, let's see here so what was your favorite moment from last season for the Jackson tell us your overall impression of the first full season
2: um, let's see my favorite oh the, the first game I went to I, was the Houston game mm-hmm. I want to say and it, uh, they were down and back and they came back with two like light rod plays like it was unbelievable. Right before the half, they scored, and oh, to make okay. it like close, to make it like like a score, yeah. and then on they scored a, um, like whoa was the the scoring, and you know it was line. What I remember was it was a line out, and and he you know threw it, and it went over the guy's head, and then there was this like really awesome like play, and Dave's like I think that was purposeful. I'm like, what do you mean? It was purposeful. And he goes, oh, this coach is known for these types of set plays. And I was just like, that is so cool, you know? <laughs> and and then there was, uh, like, some other really, you know, I was just like, I, like, sleep drop the ball. Like, that's what do you – like, I was just, like, so, like, confused by that. And, like, also, you know, he picks the ball up, he runs with it, and then, like, to have a purposeful, like – route for the offload like you know you're thinking as a as a runner with the ball you're like get to the green and this guy's going into the line you're like oh this idiot he's not going to score and then seeing him like oh no there's the perfect offload coming right behind i was like oh my god that was great and then um, you know the game it was a game that had like a two-hour replay and you know it wasn't not a lot of people stayed but enough stayed to like showed that we give a, a crap about the team, which was really cool, and then the first game at the vet was awesome yeah it was it packed uh, you know that i've seen. it was just you know loud and appreciative going up against a bigger team and the effort that was given i mean i can't i can't speak any more highly about the free jacks themselves in terms of being a new England free my whole life seeing the sports teams rise and fall. But the thing that matters most here is like, just act like you friggin' care. Just like if you care and give us effort, like you don't need to win a championship every year. You don't need to be, you know, the, the best, just show us that you care. And that's what we've we're getting from this team. And if you're looking at how they're constructing the roster this year, it looks like, you know, they're just not content with just giving great great effort, which is even more exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I've said this before, is the minimum expectation should be make the playoffs and then see what happens every single year. Um, You know, this is a a place that values, obviously, effort and grit, but we also value championships and making a playoff run. I mean, that seems to be the minimum expectation for all of the other major sports. So why not us as well, you know? Uh, Let's see here. Who's your favorite uh, player on the Free Jacks roster?
2: so sadly uh even though I am uh ridiculously big and coach offensive line and defensive <laughs> line, I love fast guys i just love <laughs> I just love them I just you know i i i value the thing I am not, which is you know always the right. sad you know i because the thing is is' like the big guy all oh, i like i always have love in my heart for the big guy you know like like i you know uh always gonna like do you see the big guy with the effort like i'm always gonna I'm always going to know that. But to me, I'm like, ooh, that fast guy's still, you know? So um, I'm a big Harry Barlow guy. There you go. I think that he's he's scratching the surface, having a real big year this year. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, literally every time. There would be some <laughs> – he's really good, at, like, following away. And, like, there are so many times you'll, you'll probably – if you're there at the games, you'll hear me scream, like, get this! like just, like screaming it because he's like he's like sitting there like anyone Any, you know and i just think he's a little water bug he's lightning yeah. and then the other guy is uh is joe johnston um because he, he he has the same name as a friend of mine from high school and, and so like that's cool and then secondly is the guy is i mean he's made out of just twisted steel yeah, like tall. he is just like a hundred percent going every all game Um, You know he's not the prettiest player but man does he he gets in there 100% and I would not want to do anything more than shake after a game because like he is pure sweat pure adrenaline like like he like you could tell he's got not like he has to rest up a day and a half after because he just gets it all out there which i love. (laughs)
0: Yeah, hey man, I'm a forward that loves the backs too. I love to see them run with the ball. I love running rugby, um, exploit space, just get out there and you know outrun somebody. I love that stuff too, uh, especially watching it. You know, playing it's a different story, but watching it is you definitely want to see a lot of running rugby, um, ball in hand type stuff. Um, so there is chatter that New York, or excuse me, Rugby United New York, awful name, obviously, uh, will be mm-hmm. changing their name soon. What do you think their rebranding should be?
2: Uh, I mean, trash heap isn't taken. So if they want to be the New York trash heap, I think that's. I mean, I know they don't they practice at a landfill. So I mean, yeah, right. Could, yeah, so like they, the the landfiller. Yeah, I mean, there's pretty
0: bad. no pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. I'd say New York rats as well because you know their their city is infested in it. They outnumber people like what. <laughs>
1: Nothing wrong with a rat. I just have to see Yeah, we don't. We don't want to disrespect rats. <laughs> there. Right. No insult intent. I could reach up and get several pieces of rats' memory at hand, or if I pull my hoodie up. I'd flash my tattoo. You guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. are good.
0: Yeah. So my green screen, just, its finally happened, Dave. It just completely collapsed. So we'll just.
1: <laughs> it was only a matter of time. One of these. One of these days, I- it was
0: devotion to Carolina and you know all the other sports in the background so it's like the the, day, got, like the first couple episodes
1: you've got Boston stuff up there you're good yeah, there's dude. a Celtics there's a Celtics pennant
0: there is yeah right there right there uh, okay so um let's see here Christmas is right around the corner uh what is what is on your wish list as a Jax fan
2: fact is at the store um sadly i you know i'm i'm a little more bigger than a 3x so you know something big something big at the at the team store would be nice uh you know i like the, uh like the 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 turn as a um logo but i wish it was more like green lantern style logo or some other. you know it's it's a little like e old English. So maybe uh, as they continue, what's cool is they're like upgrading and rebranding continually. I'm really excited about the new unis. I think they're going to a red color. At least that's my, my Spidey sense, which I'm I'm excited about. Oh, it doesn't seem like you're excited about.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan, man. Like, you're with... wearing a red hat right now. <laughs> I, that's listen, it's a <laughs> they're leaning
2: our... into you. They're leaning into your branding. You got to appreciate it.
0: All right, let me let me just explain for a second. Um, so, navy blue is perfect, right? That is the colors of the Continental Army. Red is red coats. That's immediately what I think. Obviously, it's a part of our color scheme: red, white, and blue. But I just really do not want to see a red primary kit. I don't want to see it. But it is what it is.
2: All right, agree to disagree. Fair
0: enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so Dave, go ahead and take it over while I try to, um, get this green screen going back up again here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully my internet holds up. We're having a great, uh, wonderful night with the gremlins. Um, so Wes, you, as we've mentioned, you're a football coach. Um, you have coached at Veterans Memorial Stadium. Um, and now you've seen a rugby match there as well. What are your thoughts on the vet? Um, you know, either in general or as like a venue for a professional sports team, you know, on that, the upgrade, you came to tons of matches at union point. So obviously big upgrade from there.
2: Yeah. It, well, I think, you know, unfortunately you don't know what you don't know. Right. And what I think cool is for the people who never went to Weymouth, they get to experience a more traditional, um, you know, field uh arena, you know, and and so having nice high seats, it's and with the big screen that they have to watch replays on, to do you know, whatever they're gonna do during the game, I think that it just adds to the experience. And I think it has the feel of if you, like if you picked out Weymouth, um, which I don't think they ever were like, you know. I mean, I know we were going during like the height of the COVID times, you know. Um, but they, it's still even th- it wasn't like it was empty. Still felt like it was empty, you know. Right. And like we were making some noise, like 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 you could tell that there was a bit of a home field, especially if you watched any MLR games on television. Like we had a good little thing going there. And even and now I think that they have a real great advantage to pack it out to make it freaking loud that bowl because it's built into the side of a hill. It's got a great you know you're you're gonna collect the sound and push it out to the feet, which is gonna be real. Nice. Uh, I think, um, yeah. I just it, it's it's high quality like turf like the whole, like the field itself is good quality as well which you know is more for the players than us as fans but i think it also is a nice little like gathering spot and hangout spot you know you could do your beer garden out. like is i think is integral one to 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 suck in new ones, but two in that whole atmosphere and feel of you know traditional rugby as someone who's never played i know that having the beers after is a big part of rugby. So, you know, having the beers before having the beers after having a space to hang out and do, you know, a couple other things is great. And they've got that there. Um, And so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for next season to like give it a go. And lastly, Friday night games, I think Friday night in the spring to be able to have like night game, like true night games, I think is a real cool experience.
1: Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And I love that you mentioned the uh, sort of festival area. If people haven't been, when you come in the entrance, there's a big open area right there. And then the, the field is kind of off to your right in the stands. And so there's a really good natural place to kind of wait for friends who you're meeting up with, have a beer. You know, there's going to be festival activities, bands, all sorts of stuff. I know they have planned. So, um, yeah, can't overstate how good it is. Just as like a hang with Woody. venue. Yeah. Hang with Woody. Got to get, like, a tackle Woody booth going. I think that would bring the kids in. <laughs> Boy, <gee. laughs> um, We have talked, as you mentioned, we're friends. Um, we have talked a lot about the Free jacks signing over the off seasons. Um, and we uh, have especially talked about how many big guys they're bringing in, in the pack, you know, the size. Yeah um as a line coach you have a lot of insight in that the values of size not just on game day but in practice um can you talk about how having big players on the team helps in more ways than just like running guys flat in a game
2: uh yeah well one that is pretty important being able (laughs) to just line up and just smash a guy and be like yeah well like we got the bigger guy like that also that is uh Feels good and is important, but also there's a weird psychology around size. Um, I think you know, as a human being, we're all kind of sizists, and you know, it's it's actually like a psychological thing where that people will seek out a tall person, or you know, if there's a group of people, they'll assume that the tall person knows what they're doing or has a a larger voice in leadership, even when they don't. Um, And so, you know, it kind of goes into this you know belief of physicality if you know like for example last year going up against Atlanta you know that that game that I talked about the the first game at the vet it it was great but if you looked out field to start all of us in the stands and you know and maybe maybe not the free jacks but be a part of the free jacks said we're gonna have to freaking battle here like these guys are monsters we're gonna have to battle we're gonna have to be We're going to have to do, we're going to give everything that you could tell after the game, they were completely get, because they were up against guys that were 40, 50 pounds heavier than them, like half a foot, sometimes bigger, you know, and when you are practicing against, uh, you know, when you're practicing in the tall trees, you know, you're not scared of the forest anymore. And so I think that, that going day to day, battling day to day, walking out of the you know off off the bus in the arena and being like oh you know you look across the field and like nah they're not that big i i, I kick the crap out of the kid that's as, you know as big as him all the time you know it doesn't matter that it's a different guy it just it matters you know right. i'm used to this and um and i just and then you know i think that uh, you've talked about kind of this, you know, hockey idea of, you know, that seems to be kind of prevailing in South Africa, uh, uh, you know, and this is where I, I get your knowledge of the game, uh, you know, of flipping in different lines and moving guys in and out for rest and all that stuff. And I, I'm just really excited because to have, to, for me as a, as an offensive line coach to have another guy behind my line that I can plug in And I know is the same size or bigger, just as strong, just as fast, you know, maybe he's not as good of a player, but it's oftentimes it's harder to find the weakness when you're putting like the shadow body, you know, you, you put a guy out there and he's battling and you realize like, oh, you know what? This guy can't move that laterally that, but you didn't know because he takes up half the field. You know, you didn't find that out until 15 minutes into the game. And then when he's off the field, the next guy comes in and he's actually, he can move great, but he's so big, you didn't to test it. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's the psychology of that as well. is like, if you keep putting out the same type of body, you, you, you know, you, you're not gonna realize the tactics and you're going to have to adjust on the fly. And it makes it for a real interesting, exciting, um, that that we're here
1: awesome uh next couple questions are for the panel phil you're gonna get to answer these as well Well, so the first first one is say you've got a thousand dollar budget you get to throw together a road trip to go watch a free jacks away game for the purposes of this exercise it could be any team it doesn't have to be someone we're playing this season so just your dream away mlr destination what team and city are you going to pick and why? I think my dream one would be Houston
0: because it says um, rugby specific stadium. My girlfriend's best friend lives in Houston. Now uh, I've got family in Houston. I've been there a couple of times at this point to see rugby games, but not at that um, stadium. So yeah. Um, my Western conference team is Houston, I guess. I mean, I'm, you know, not really supporting them, but if I had to choose, that would be them. So I think that would be amazing to go there. Um, yeah, for sure. Houston.
1: West, what do you think
2: uh for me it's uh you know because I'm I'm new to the to the rugby probably Toronto um I think that they're building a real strong team and so I think it's going to be an absolute battle and I think I think the free jacks are playing them three times this year so you know we're gonna get to see like a real good sample size of them as well and it could I think it could turn into a very high level rock uh, um, and you know, I mean, that I go to the New York landfill. What was that? I said, not that I want to go to the New York landfill, mm-hmm. but you know, I do like New York city yeah. and you know, being able to go to the city, hang out have a good time. And then like the 45 minutes away wherever they play, you know, because every New York team does that. Um,
0: right. It's somewhere in New Jersey, I'm sure, right?
2: Right. And so, you know, you know, take the hour trip away from the city to find wherever the New York team is playing because, you know, that is essentially our rival, so that would be fun as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Although they don't consider us rivals, you know. if.
2: Great.
3: Insane, right? I
0: mean, they're no. like, oh, if Philadelphia joins the league, you guys will be second fiddle. Like, yeah, okay, sure, sure.
2: As as always, yeah.
1: Very very New York, very typical, right? York. Typical. Yeah. I'm thinking about heading down to New York for the uh, March. I think March 6th is our game there. Last game of the road trip before they come and do the home opener. So Wes, I'll keep I'll keep you and Phil in the loop. All right. Maybe we can maybe we'll make it down there. That would be um, awesome. Seasonal have... seasonal illness waves dependent. Um, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, my dream would probably be San Diego, Um, and there's two reasons. Ma Nonu, who I would just love to see play live at some point. You know, this guy's a Hall of Fame world rugby player, just unbelievable. Uh, and Balboa Park. I mean, what more do you need? San Diego is just an amazing, amazing place to go for a vacation. I've been there um, just for like one day, did not get to spend enough time there. And instead of feeling satisfied, I just really want to go back and see the city again. So my answer is San Diego.
0: That would be beautiful, yeah. Nice area. Um,
1: so you can wave a magic wand, make any football player, past or present, into a rugby player complete with, you know, a lifetime of playing rugby, all the experience they have in football just magically turned into rugby experience. Um, who are you going to pick and why? I'm going to
0: go with Bo Jackson, the running back. Uh, Two-sport two, uh, athlete, played baseball very well. Hit, hit Like, if you ever watch his, I don't know if it's like um, 30 for 30 or it was like an SEC story or whatever, they talk about him in high school like he's some sort of mythical god, like was doing all of this crazy athletic stuff. Like he would jump over somebody completely standing up, like six foot, like with no effort whatsoever. Just So, like, <laughs> I think he would be unbelievable as, like, a flanker. Um, I think he would just tear this league apart.
2: Yeah, uh, you, you, you stole
0: mine.
2: Ah! <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was- Six six one two hundred and twenty 220 pounds yes. and he, he he ran the 40 uh best best of all time 4.1340 wow times, so,
1: yeah that's why um, i did not so, know he had the all-time 40 record that's pretty yeah
2: oh you know, uh him but since him i'll go into you know more reasons he's great you know what i'm i'll flip the script i'll go easy i'm gonna say randy moss Ooh, I think, uh, you know, not the most physical guy, but you know, like you want to talk about those, you know, those pooch kicks to get the ball out. And I mean, you, you, you might be just trying to clear the ball and he just friggin' go get it. You know, just the fact that that, that is a play in rugby, you know, six, five can leap, you know, almost, you know, over the goalpost essentially. And, and, you know, and like anything in the air, you know, and then he's got absolute breakaway speed, you know, four. I think he's, I think he was like a four, two, five, four, two, seven, four. I mean, awesome. Just a freak every
1: sense of the world. Love it. My pick is I got to go with Jerome Bettis, the bus. I love a guy who can run that hard. Obviously that's his whole, his whole thing. Yeah. Um, he's, he's five eleven. He was not that tall. Built, you know, like two fire plugs glued together, yeah. um, and I think he would make an incredible hooker. I think just plug him in at the front of the scrum, and uh, you know he could probably play loose or hook really, uh, with the, the amount of power he could put out. You, you might want him driving instead of hooking, but um, I say I say Jerome Bettis, and the bonus is every almost every football fan that I'm friends with hates the Steelers, and it's going to make them mad that I picked the Steelers. So. <laughs> so, I'll take the bonus points on that. Very nice. Um, awesome. That's it for me. Phil, I think you probably have a little bit more.
0: Yeah, a little bit more here. Um, so I normally do this at the beginning, but my girlfriend was like, you should do this at the end. So people can have an opportunity to actually like write this stuff down or whatever. So uh, can you plug your social media? I know that you're active on Twitter.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm West, the wheel man uh, spelled exactly like that. Uh, I'm kind of, I like video games, I'm not especially great at them, but uh, I try to limit my uh, Twitter ramblings uh, to media, video games, professional wrestling, and free Jacks rugby. Um, I also have a uh, Wesley Talks ball uh, on Twitter, and that is my uh, coaching real life me persona, uh, where I talk about football. I cover uh, some high school events, um for the uh new england football journal um and uh first time in 16 years i'm actually not actively coaching right now but there might be uh, opportunities up in the air soon so but always talking about you know skills and all those different things i'm I'm pretty ridiculous online so (laughs) i'm trying i'm trying to fight about politics i'm trying to just laugh yeah
0: um one more thing before we get you out of here. One word association. So I'm going to say one word or a series of words here. Just the first thing that pops in your mind. Uh, throw it back at me, okay?
2: Mm-mm. All right. Here we go.
0: New England.
2: Uh, cold.
0: <laughs> Patriots.
2: Uh, losers.
0: Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> MLR. Toughness. Marvel Comics.
2: The The Net.
0: okay um free jacks
2: uh great great dollar value
0: entertainment
2: entertainment dollar is super high there
0: all right so this little show jack's rangers is the last one for you
2: jack rangers is uh knowledgeable entertainment good humans
1: Appreciate that, man. Wow, look at that! Yeah, high compliments. I appreciate it. shining that. my badge over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> appreciate it, Wes.
2: No worries. Yeah, I, I got every every episode on Spotify. I, uh, I break it down. It's hard for the weekly podcasts. That's why I, I got out of the game, but uh, I, I respect the hell out of it that you guys and uh, I definitely I tune in for at least half the pod. It's definitely the interviews. You guys always grab the really great interviews. As someone who doesn't know the game especially well, it's great to kind of learn and see where people are coming from and and the reasons why they're doing stuff. And you guys, I, I think what's part um, aside from you know your show in general is the questions that you ask because they're not like, "Hey, it's so cool and you're so cool and what's it like to be cool?" You know, you're actually <laughs> right. you're actually breaking stuff down and having you know uh, second level what I call second level thinking. You know within the game and you know and that stuff really I think you know whether or not your your listenership uh you know has been due to it it makes it for a great show. Yep. That's what I, I appreciate.
0: That's very nice of you to say we appreciate that um absolutely
1: and thanks due to the free jacks organization they've been uh, amazing to work with i think i could say so um, they make it they make it a pleasure to try to grab those guys and talk to them they've always been so kind
0: in the last minute here i just want to let everybody know that this is the very last episode of season one so season two is going to pick up next month you know dave we we've got to talk more about this but we're going to break down the positions all of the new transactions that the team has made, maybe some major transactions for other teams as well. So, guys, you know, stick around here with the Jack's Ranger show. We're going to have season two coming out next month. So, yeah, I mean, we got the preseason about to start, you know, less than 50 days away from the season actually starting. So, it's very exciting times, man, to be yeah. a Free Jack fan, a Ranger out there. And, Wes, we appreciate you very much. We'll say one word to get you out of here. I think you know what it is. Three. Two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Today we have a very special guest, one of my friends, a mentor, if you will, in the podcasting world. His name is Chris Phillips. He is the host and owner of the Spurs Up Show. Chris, how the hell are you?
1: I'm
4: doing well, man. Appreciate you having me on. This is uh, this is awesome, Phil. You know, I remember we were talking about this when you had the idea of doing your own podcast, and so. You know, they say life comes full circle, and I guess in a way it kind of is here as well. So I'm glad to see you doing well, man. Obviously, Jack's Rangers, uh, I know we've talked about it a lot. And then, of course, what you're doing with Gamecocks Rugby with the Ruck and Roosters show. So uh, really glad to see you doing well, man. And obviously, I mean, you, you know how I'm doing with the Gamecocks side of things. Is we're counting down to a bowl game. But uh, no, nah, I mean, I'm doing well, just getting ready for Christmas. I'll turn a year older also on Christmas Day. So uh, it's great, man, home with the family and just enjoying some of that time and uh, – yeah, just hanging out during the holiday season, man. But I appreciate you having me on. Seriously, it's, it's a pleasure to chat with you.
0: i man. It's an honor to have you on here. I, I do kind of feel like you're a mentor in the podcasting world. You've helped me out tremendously. When I first wanted to get this thing started up, I asked you a ton of questions. You always were, you know, very responsive and very gracious with your time. So I appreciate you, and happy early birthday.
4: Thank you. Thank you. No, like I said, it's, it's it's awesome to see what you're doing, man, obviously getting the positive impact you're making with uh, – with Gamecocks rugby as well, but also, you know, your local area with the, the free Jack stuff. It's, it's really cool, man. It's really cool to watch people pursue their passions and, you know, just try different things and see what happens. And sometimes you stumble upon something really, really good. And I think you've definitely done that, man. So congratulations on all your success as well. For sure. For sure.
0: Thank you very much. Very nice of you to say, uh, where are you from?
4: Uh North Augusta, South Carolina. Yeah. Okay.
0: Right on the border with Georgia there. Is that right? Georgia? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Right on the border. So I grew up dealing with a lot of Georgia fans. So that's why I tell people that I, I probably had more disdain for Georgia than I did Clemson at that time because Georgia was actually good, and Clemson was kind of like us, just a, a 500 program. You know, they'd beat us sometimes. we beat them sometimes. But, yeah, I dealt with a lot of really bad Georgia fans. But, of course, that shifted. As Clemson started to win, they're, they're, uh, they became more and more insufferable as the wins came, as you obviously know, Phil. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, I grew up right on the border of South Carolina, Georgia. The Savannah River separates the two states. So, I mean, I'm right, literally two minutes away from the Savannah River and grew up like, you know, just to give people a reference, like a uh, little bit less than 10 minutes away from the Augusta National, the Masters Golf Tournament. I know you're such a huge golf guy, Phil. So, uh. I can't <laughs> stand it, But uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think people will know where that is based on what you said. So I appreciate you putting yeah. that in there. Um, how yeah. did the Spurs Up show come into existence?
4: Yeah, so there's a long answer, obviously, and there's a very short answer. So I'd say the short answer would be I just followed my passion and became grossly obsessed with it. and uh, Sort of, you know, through happen chance, if you will, or being in the right place, right time, sort of found the opportunity to just get started and get going. You know, I was a consumer first before I was a producer, of course. Mm -hmm. So I listened to Gamecocks podcast and just podcasts in general, and I, I followed along on social media. I was always a big social media guy. I was one of the first people I felt like around me, at least to have Twitter. And I was always on Instagram and Facebook and just very interactive. I, I thought it was really cool that on social media, you could really voice your your own opinion and have your own voice and, and do that through those different channels, if you will. So I uh, was always on social media, well-versed with that. And like I said, was a consumer first. I always felt like I, I could do it. You know, I could go as far back as... Uh, you know, I, I wrote in the school newspaper when I was a senior in high school. And then even when I was in middle school, me, and my buddies, a lot of my buddies were Clemson fans, but either way, we were huge college football fans. And, you know, we would have like writer's block, you know, you write in your composition notebook for 30 minutes, about whatever. And yeah. we would write about college football. Like we would write about the games that weekend and all that. And so I, mean, I always loved sports and I played college baseball. I was always been a huge sports guy, I obviously still am. Um, but you know, fast forward to, I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina and, you know, my 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 dad, you know, majored in business, worked for my grandfather who owned a small business, the construction business, he will. So I, I think it was always in my blood. Like I had that entrepreneurial spirit. I, I knew I wanted to start a business, but little did I know the thing that I should be focused on because I was always one of those people, you know, I embraced failure, but I didn't want to start a business unless it was something that I was like 110%, you know, super, super passionate about because I just believe you have to you know, it's, it's very wise and you should, if you're going to go into business, start, start it around something you're passionate about. Because the second it gets hard, you'll just quit. You know, if you don't, if you don't love it enough, you'll you'll just, it'll go by the wayside and you'll go to something else. So um, again, long story short, you're trying to make it as short as possible, because we can just go on all day. But on social media, it was December of 2016, ran across this entity called Armchair All-Americans that was looking for a South kind of contributing. And they were a really, really small entity at the time, less than less than 5,000 followers for like their entire, you know, existence, if you will. So very, very small scale when you think in perspective of like some of these bigger brands and stuff like that, but they were looking for a South Ghana contributor for their South Ghana side of things. And they had 30 followers on Twitter and no Facebook, no Instagram, but they said, Hey, you know, we're only requiring you to write two articles per week, but it's really, you have creative control. You know, you can take over the Twitter and, you know, we can make an Instagram, we can make a Facebook. So I sort of just saw that as my opportunity. It's like, Hey, you know what? I'm working in the corporate world. I don't like what I'm doing. I'm not fulfilled. At least this gives me an outlet, an avenue to, you know, voice my opinion about my favorite team and, and uh, you know, have that creative outlet. I just sort of took it and ran with it, man. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I never really even thought about in the beginning, like the, the follower count or the views. And I remember in the beginning, I was literally just texting the articles I wrote my buddies, you know what I mean? We were, we were, you know, and, and obviously again, that, that kind of evolved into April of two. So I started doing that January, 2017, April of 2017 is when we, recorded the first ever podcast, if you will. Uh there was another guy there that, you know, I had a co-host at the time, brought him on. And uh yeah, so got in the podcast game. It was something I wanted to do. The first ever time I ever recorded a podcast, I will say though, was uh a month prior. They had a college baseball side of things as well. And obviously I played college baseball, love college baseball. And I just asked one of their guys, like, hey, can I come on? I love south kind of baseball. Can I like come on as a guest or help out or whatever? So I came on as a guest and then I was like, okay, we need to do a South Carolina podcast. And it's kind of funny how like the name came about, man, because I don't know, it, it wasn't one of those things where, like I went through a list of like 50 names. It was just at the time, you know, our previous coach, his thing was Spurs Up and it was just right. like, hey, have about the Spurs Up show it just happened like that fast. So, yeah. um, again, long story short as possible, you know, did that and just kind of started rolling with it. And it was just one of those things, man, where. Uh, just truly loved it. Just truly loved it, man. Loved the Gamecocks. And it was something where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be on social media either way, checking up on my favorite team and seeing what's going on. Why not? You know, why not give my opinion as well while I'm at it? And I just always told myself, as long as it's, it's growing, even if it's just by one new person a day, that was always my attitude in the beginning. If this impacts one person in a positive way, then I've succeeded. So as long as it was impacting one more and then one more and then one more, uh, you know, I was going to keep going. And I, you know, funny story even with that man is I know this is kind of, jumping ahead but December of 2017 I had a buddy of me you know buddy of mine asked because you know we made a lot of growth on Twitter especially you know from 30 followers in January to December we were probably around 850 or so which is I mean pretty solid people don't really take into account like really how hard it is growing social media I mean it took us six months to get to a hundred followers you know it takes a while as you're as you're probably seeing in what you're doing so uh December 2017 and my buddy was like man how long do you think you're really going to do it like you really think this is going to be a thing you're going to do and I you know, I told him, I was like, well, you know, I love, I love college baseball, love baseball season. You know, I'll I'll go through baseball season. If it really hasn't grown much at all, or if at all through that, then, you know, I'll probably just put it in the wayside, focus on my corporate job and blah, 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 whatever. But thankfully that didn't happen. You know, the the support's always been there and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And uh, from there, you know, really expanded and started to hit hard Instagram and Facebook and, and everything else. And, you know, the rest is history. Now we're sitting at 17,000 on Twitter and 21,000 on Instagram and 20,000 on Facebook. And it's just been, again, a day by day by day by day grind and uh, consistent content creation and creating mass pieces of content. That's what I've always believed in since the jump. And again, that's, that's why if anybody listening, if you go look at our social media, I mean, I, as you know, man, I I produce so much content. I mean, a, a ridiculous amount of content, some people would say, but I just, since the beginning, that's how I've, that's how I, that's what I believed in is just creating mass to of content and trying to push as much value out there as possible. And so, yeah, that's how it all started, man. Just really just being, being on social media. And I feel like it was one of those things, man, where i was sort of mentally preparing myself for some, an opportunity like that for, for years. Because again, I, you know, I said that I didn't like, I didn't get an LLC and necessarily fail at businesses. You know, some people will say, well, you know, I failed at five businesses before I found the one. So I didn't necessarily fail at businesses in that way, but I, I had tons of failures, you know, in regards to ideas and things I thought I wanted to do and and my 20s was a roller coaster ride I'll tell you that man because I sit here right now at 30 my 20s was an absolute roller coaster ride just kind of trying to find myself as a human being and what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about lo and behold it was just something that was right there under my nose the entire time that was something I've been passionate about since I was 12 years old so I mean it was uh yeah it all worked out man and like I said once once I once I really just saw the opportunity and, and I knew I loved it I just I just ran with it man just hammered it and you know, thankfully was blessed enough to August of 2019, make the move to Columbia to do it full time. And again, been doing it there ever since. And I've had a ton of great business partners and uh, sponsors and, and opportunities. And, you know, the business is obviously flourishing now and, you know, we're, we're, we're just getting started. So it's, it's been a hell of a ride, man. Like I said, I, I could just go on and on and on about like the, cause there's so many little tiny intricacies as well within there that, you know, things I left out. But again, I, I know we have a limited amount of time, but uh no, nah, man, it's just, it's, I think it's just one of those things, man, you know, I, one of the things I love to say is when you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So I think it was one of those things I was mentally, at least I was always kind of ready for that, that opportunity to come about. And the second it did, I just, you know, again, I, I think people a lot in the uh, people in the beginning, you know, one of my favorite things i like to say is just start, you know, everybody's everybody asked for advice, just start, man, because, you know, it's, it's never going to be perfect in the beginning, but you got to start somewhere, at least be doing something. Sure. And uh, that's what we did. And like I said, just slowly over time, it's just, um, you know, just goes to show if you, if you're passionate about it and you create a nice piece of content you again, you do it with passion, believe what you're doing and you really do lead with value and uh, you know, you can build that brand and that following. So yeah, like I said, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been
0: a hell of a ride, dude. It's been a wild ride for sure. Uh, right now we're sitting at 113 followers on Twitter. So, you know, we got a ways to go to get to where you're at. But um yeah, it's a lot. I, mean, of I, I remember, I remember being at that point, like hitting,
4: you know, 50 listens on the podcast and like, that yeah. was like a huge, huge deal. So, yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's a slow grind, man, for sure. But, but, but the beautiful thing, I think the way you can look at it too, man, is, You know, there are people that and it's just like in any other industry or like you could look at it as like musicians or just like anything to do with content. Right. Like There are people that they're overnight sensations, if you will. But the the thought process of, you know, because people will see like the Spurs Up show, for example, right now, people that live in Columbia, they're like, you know, people might look and say, oh, you're like an overnight, you know, sensation, overnight hit. or And people just have no idea. Like, that's not a real thing. And even if it is let's just say Jack's Rangers put out a show tomorrow that got a million plays for some reason. It's like those famous rugby person ever, whatever. But here's the thing, like I'm not going to stay there because you haven't built. So right now you're like, you're building the foundation. You know what I mean? Like the reason the Spurs Up show, I fully believe has flourished the way it has and will continue to do so is not only because the value we're putting out right now is great, bro. There are, thousands of hours of valuable content out there that we have, we have created and produced. And so I guess, you know, you can look at it, man, like the joys and the journey. And in the beginning, you're, you're really kind of like, like, like our head football coach at South Carolina right now, you're kind of just laying the foundation. You know what I mean? And that, that that's the most fun part, man. It's like what you're doing right now. We're talking to December the 18th, 2021. You'll look back to December the 18th, 2022. And you think right now what you got going on is awesome. And it is, but you'll look back a year from now and be like, man, like I thought that was good. Like, this is great. And then that just keeps happening every year. Like that, that's the cool part. You know what I mean? I, I think, I really do believe the journey is, is the, and the evolution and the growth and improving and getting better. That's the fun part, man. And, and then obviously, of course, the way you impact people along the way in the process. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I definitely, I mean, I remember very vividly being right there. Like, like I said, at a hundred followers and that, and that's the battle you fight on social media, man, because I'll tell you June of like 2017, one of the, one of the first kind of splashes I made was I had a good buddy of mine, Forrest Kumas, who played baseball in South Carolina. This is when Chad Holbrook, the baseball coach at the time, then got let go, and and uh, he had told me, you know, again, this is a good source, right? He played at USC. His dad's friends with SEC umpires. So Kevin O'Sullivan's going to be our next head coach, the Florida coach, is he? Gonna, he's going to be our next head coach, and I tweeted that out. Well, of course, what happened is Kevin O'Sullivan then went on to win this Super Regionals, win the College World Series, and yeah. after that. Florida made a commitment to baseball. But before that happened, that was going to happen. But, you know, of course I got blasted on Twitter by Florida fans, especially not even really South Carolina fans, but the battle you're fighting early on is that person has a hundred followers on Twitter. What do they know? They don't know anything. Right. right?" And so now like it's, it's funny. Maybe it shouldn't be like this, but the followers is like the validation, right? I mean, you, you, once you have a certain amount of followers, you can just say anything and your words gold. So um you know that that's just sort of the battle you fight but again as long as you keep producing content putting out value and and being true to yourself and being real being genuine yep. you'll you'll win in the end i fully 110 believe that
0: i agree i you know what i i couldn't sleep the first night that i thought up this sir the spurs up show like i immediately was like looking into you know creating an llc which probably wasn't you know necessary at the time but i was like I literally could not sleep. I was tossing and turning, just having all these ideas, writing stuff down and like to have that kind of passion over something like it was almost kind of foreign to me because I'd been so long since I had felt something like that. So I knew I was on the right track immediately that, that I wanted to do something like this and it was it was going to be worthwhile. So, yeah.
4: But I think I think you're kind of like me, man, like you're, you're a former athlete. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what level you play at. Like that was my biggest thing after after I played college baseball, it was just sort of like, you know, I I was such a grinder, you know what I mean? With, with, with baseball, where I would, you know, I would eat, breathe, sleep, dream it, if you will. I mean, I I was going to the field five days a week, gym five days a week. And then when I wasn't doing that, I was watching the game, almost like studying it in a way, you know, obviously you're a Boston guy. John Lester is always my favorite player. He was my favorite pitcher to watch when he was with the Red Sox. And like you study the way these guys. So, I mean, it's, it's an obsession. I mean, you you become grossly obsessed with it. And so, you know, you're right, man. There's, you know, and this isn't to call anybody out, but there's a lot of people in life that just sort of go through life and they don't, they don't really have passion. You know what I mean? They're just kind of going through the motions and it's just sort of monotonous. And so, you know, I, I'm glad, again, you started doing what you're doing because when you do find something that you're truly passionate about, and that, that's how I, that's again, that's how I felt about the Spurs up show. like the way that I put the work into the Spurs up show that, that, was me as a baseball player. You know, it was just, just a different thing I was doing. Right. So when you, when you find something like that, man, it's, it's good to attack it and, and jump at it. Because again, you know, not everyone number one takes the time to stop and self-evaluate and say, well, what are my passions? What am I passionate about? What do I love to do? Yeah. And then certainly people don't, don't attack on it and don't take advantage of it when you get that gut feeling and that, you know, that, that sort of, uh, you know, that, 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 that instinct that tells you to, to act and to attack and again, sort of like an athlete, you know, I believe in like attacking the day and just getting after it and, um, so to do that again, man, I, th- I think it's awesome. And, and again, so as former athletes, I think we can both uh, relate in that regard that it's just that that passion and that grind. And, and this is sort of the next grind, if you will. And again, it's 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 uh, it is definitely something to be grateful about, man, because, again, I I think there's some people that do go through life looking for it. And for whatever reason, they just they just don't find it. So yeah. when you do find it, man, you got to You got to jump all
0: over it. You got to work hard and stick with it. Right. I mean, this is episode 23 um, of the Jack's Rangers. So, so yeah, I mean, we're moving right along, man. Nothing's going to stop this. I mean, when, when uh, the announcement was made that MLR was coming to Boston, I remember seeing it on my phone at work and I was like, this is amazing. Like I have to be a part of this in some way. So, you know, fast forward to, you know, having that initial conversation with you and then your guidance with helping me put all this up together, like, it's just been awesome so far, and I can't wait to see what happens down the road with this thing. So, what yeah. were your initial expectations uh, for uh, the Spurs Up Show? W- what did you think was going to happen?
4: That's that's a great question, man. I, here's the thing: I, I I never really put a cap on it, and I still don't. You know, people because people ask me that all the time. Now they want to know what's the next step. You know, what's the do you want to do it forever? And you know, I get those type of questions, and I certainly. You know, I, I'm, I'm I definitely believe in goals. You know, we're getting close to the end of 2021, and I'll sit down and write in my journal. And I did this last year. I'll write down my personal, business, financial, relationship, family, all types of goals for the year. And I believe in like you know affirmations and, and manifesting and speaking things into existence. So I, I definitely believe in goal setting, but I also believe in not being too attached to the end result. So so my I'll tell you this, Phil. It might sound corny or cheesy to some, my, my goal, if I can wake up and do what I love to do every day and fuel my passions and dreams and hopes and desires and and, and starve my fears and anxieties, then I've won. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? I, I, I've won. You know, for example, you know, like the money side of things, it's, it's very important. Obviously money is the gas that goes into the engine that fuels the business. Right. But, but I wouldn't say that's like, that's not my number one goal. I think that's something that's a, that's a, that is a, you know, if you're a person, I watched a clip today. Actually, if you're a person, I might and I might butcher this, but if you're a person, talked about ranking, you know, health, wealth, uh, happiness, and there was another one. But he said, you know, he was ranking those. Obviously, health being number one. He's like, if you're healthy, you're happy. Um, you know, you're you're physically fit. Whatever, then you're gonna be wealthy. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's almost like a byproduct. The point is, it's like a byproduct of of all of those things. But now back to your back to your question, though, man, what did I? I guess the expectations in the beginning or what did I expect of it? I, I mean, I think at the very, very beginning, I, I don't know that I really had expectations. I guess I was—I sort of decided to try to stay in the present moment of, again, hey, I get to voice my opinion about my favorite team. That's cool. That's cool. You know what I mean? Because there are others out there doing so. And and uh, again, it was something I felt like I could be good at. I, I thought I could be good at it. Again, I was a, I was a, a consumer for so long, but I, I I had my own, like, little, you know, uh, WordPress site I'd made where I was like kind of blogging. If you, this is kind of when blogging started to become a big thing, whatever. And So I was writing articles and I, and I knew I had a knack for it, man. I was one of those dudes in college that I could write it and I could BS a paper the night before it was due and get a B plus on it. It just always came naturally for me. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, as you know, this Phil to be good at podcasting, especially when you're doing it solo. I think, uh, I mean, you listen to the show, you know, sometimes if you can take a, 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 a point that, you know, you could explain in a minute, but you can drag it out into a 20 minute show. I think that's so, kind of a that's yeah. kind of a skill if you and make it entertaining, right? And right. Make it valuable, too. So I, that's kind of where I think that came from. But, you know, I, I just I always thought the sky was the limit, man. And, and I will say, though, you know, after probably about, you know, going through 2017 was just really cool. Like, you know, what I do when I hit a thousand followers on Twitter. Like I literally bought a bottle of champagne. Like that was like the coolest thing in the world to me, like hitting a thousand. That sounds, that sounds kind of silly now. Right. But like at that moment, that was like incredible. And so it was early 2018 though. And I just, and I saw others too. And you know, I saw the Pat McAfee's of the world. I saw the Dave Portnoy's and the of my takes, but like the big, the big podcast. And I just thought to myself, why can't I, do that? you know what I mean? I, right. I always felt like it was something I could do. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard for me to click exactly when that clicked because it was sometime in 2018 where it just kept growing and growing and growing. And, and I was seeing a positive. And what was really cool, man, and you see this still to this day, anybody who follows us on social media does. We may not have the most followers, right? We, we may not have as many followers as this competitor or that. But I think and I know Because of the passion I've been able to interject and just being real and and being willing to have the unpopular opinion, obviously the very unpopular opinion, but being real and authentic and passionate around the Gamecocks and what we do, you know, we, we, the engagement rate of our audience, like our audience really rocks with us. Like they, they really, for sure, they really rock with us, man. So, like, it was really cool. Like, even when we only had a thousand followers, like the engagement rates were there. We were getting like a thousand views on videos. And so, um, our, our, our again, our followers are very engaging. They were not stagnant because you'll see some accounts out there. They have like seventy thousand followers, and they get like ten favorites on a tweet, right? Like, like what's happening? Are you paying for followers? Like, what's going on? I don't know. Right. Either way, but our followers have always just been right behind me and right behind us. Very engaging, very supportive, very interactive. And so, I don't know, man. I just continue to felt that and, and see that. And I, I, I again, it's hard to exactly pinpoint when it was, but it was. Sometime early 2018, where I was just like, I was like, you know, I think this might – this could become, you know, who knows, right? I was just like, who knows? Sky's the limit. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, man, you know, it was late 2018, and I had a buddy that was in the Charlotte Gamecock Club. He's still in the Charlotte Gamecock Club, and he just posed the opportunity, hey, man, you want to do a, a live show at this bar in Charlotte before the Clemson game? And, and I knew that before I did something like that, I wanted to get the LLC and change the name from Armchair South Ghana to officially – the Spurs up show. So, you know, I'll tell you this, man, when you're, when you're going through entrepreneurship, you, you can set a timeline in your head, but things happen. Yeah. Sometimes things happen very abruptly. And again, it's about trusting your gut and being willing to take a risk and pull the trigger. You know, I, I be, be willing to jump without a parachute and just catch yourself on the way down to just see what happens. You know yeah. what I mean? Be, be willing to walk the tightrope. You, you will get a lot farther as an entrepreneur. If you're willing to walk the tightrope with no parachute on because it's going to force you yeah. to be maybe even greater than you yourself thought you could be in the beginning. It, it just is right. When, like, when you have a fear of death, a, feel, a fear of failure, and I say fear in a positive way, not a negative, it's going to bring the best out of you. It, it's right. hey, You know, pressure makes diamonds. Right. So, I mean, it was, again, that happened very abruptly and got the LLC. And again, it just kind of continued to grow and grow and grow. And then, other things other events happened in early 2019 where I was uh, uh, in a in a relationship that wasn't great and that sort of just abruptly ended and I, and I knew I wanted to pull the trigger and make a change and knew I had to get to Columbia if I was ever gonna pursue it full time and so got out of got out of uh, Charlotte and I'd worked in the golf industry before. So I went to New York for the summer. I don't know many people don't know this. I went to New York, Long Island, New York for the summer for like two and a half months and basically just lived in seclusion and worked at a golf course every single day to stack cash to to uh, you know to put together a nest egg to go to cola. And that spring, by the way, I don't know if people know this, that spring in April, like you know, March, April of 2019 is when I started to reach out to small businesses in Columbia and and, and say, hey, you know, this is what I do, so I am. You know, potential partnership, sponsorship, whatever. So just get the conversations going. But yeah, man, it was just, you know, I, again, I never put a cap on it. I never did. I, I, I think that's not the way to go about it, man. You just kind of try and taste and do and just see what happens. You know what I mean? So, because again, you can't become so attached to the end result where you're not willing to, you know, maneuver and, and, and go to a different direction. If you're so, if you're so set, okay, I'm going to go from A to B well, you might miss that fork in the road that takes you on to a greater C could be way greater than B ever was. You see what I'm saying? Kind of deal. So it was one of those things where I was very flexible, very free flowing. And again, man, I think my perspective always drove me because, you know, I was working in the corporate world, man, doing sales and digital marketing. And it's funny how life comes full circle because that that did eventually help me down the road. And it still has helped me now, like with, with talking to business owners and You know a lot of what you know. I sell them basically on our on the business and like the ad space. It kind of goes back to what I was doing in Charlotte. I'm just doing it for myself. But either way, the point I was going to make is just I had so much perspective because I was doing something where I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't like what I was doing. I I wasn't happy. I was physically out of shape. I was mentally maybe not in the best place. And so I just looked. I was like, "What do I have to lose, man? Like, what do I have to lose? You know, either either I'm going to live the life of my dreams and it's all going to work out, or I'm just going to go right back to what I was doing before, anyways." And Whatever, you know what I mean? So uh I really kind of feel like I lived on that tightrope without the parachute, if you will, and just like, you know, and, and embraced it and embraced it. So nah I man, I, I never put a cap on it. And uh, you know, like I said, things evolved and evolved and evolved and and uh it it sort of I guess became clearer and more into focus what it could be. But you know, even now, man, when people ask me, you know, like, oh, what's what's the next thing? What's the what's the the goals for this, or what do you want to do? And I'm just like, you know. I have goals. I have short-term goals. I have some long-term expansion goals for sure, but I have very, very big plans and ideas, but I'm not going to spend the present moment, you know, like sweating over those things because if I do that, then I'm I'm not enjoying how much I love doing what I'm doing in the present moment, all the great things we're doing. So I think it's a balancing act, man, of, of being excited and energetic and anxious about what's to come in the future, but also keeping yourself grounded in the present moment and not losing perspective, you know, and, and your gratitude and um, you know, how great how grateful you should be to be in this present moment doing what you're doing. So now I mean again, long, long I, I'm I'm very long-winded with the answers, but long, long answer short, man. I I don't know, man, I never put a cap on it. And again, my goal was if I can just wake up, and do something I'm passionate to do every single day, that then I've won. Then I've won. So I feel like I've been winning for quite a while, which is a good feeling.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to win, as we say. You know, it's, it's, it's- hey, don't, hey, believe it. Breaking news, per source is winning is fun. Winning <laughs> is fun, for sure. Um, moving over to this next question, I wanted to ask you, you know, we know each other behind, you know, the camera and stuff like that. Um, we've been friends for like two years or whatever at this point. And I, I've seen you grow and go on this journey of personal improvement and stuff like that. So my next question is, what lesson, what's your greatest lesson that you've learned from starting this thing to now where it is?
4: That's a good question. Um, well, trust your gut is one. I I really do believe in in trusting your gut, man. when your intuition speaks to you and, uh, you know, don't doubt it. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously use best judgment and stuff like that, but but definitely trust your gut. Um, like I said, I I don't know if it's, it's necessarily a lesson, but one of my favorite things, like I said, always, when people ask for my best piece of advice is just start, man, because so many people wait on like, the, the perfect opportunity. And I've got to have this equipment. I've got to be in this position. I got to be doing this. And then I'll get going. It's like, just get going, man. Just, just start yeah. embrace the suck, you know, embrace the suck. You're going to suck in the beginning. You're not going to be very good, but really learn to enjoy the journey. You know, I I'm big into like stoicism and I, and I read a, a daily affirmation stoicism book every morning. And, and uh, a more fati is something that Marcus Aurelius and the stoics say, and Basically what a Fati is, man, it, it, is you know, you, you can accept that things are going to happen in your day to day life and accept what is happening, but it's not just about accepting, it's about embracing everything that happens, not some things, not just things that go your way, just embracing everything, embracing life, embracing everything that happens. So, um, you know. I, I would say that's played a big part in my life. And again, the, 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 it's, that's really a tough question because there's, there's a lot of them. There, there's a lot of lessons. I feel like um, my, my biggest, le- you know, one of the biggest lessons I would say though, if, if I had to pick one um, and again, I guess a lot of my lessons though, are, are advice. And when I say advice, I'm not like speaking to you I'm speaking to myself also. I'm speaking with everyone. Right. Um, life is short and, life is too short to be spent miserable. So whatever you do in life, man, don't don't let anyone or anything dictate your circumstance mm-hmm. or tell you that you don't deserve and can't be happy and fulfilled, truly fulfilled now. So when you when you again like what you did when you find something that you're truly passionate about, hold on for dear life, dude, become grossly obsessed with it. Yeah. Become grossly obsessed. If you if you want to make it Your full time job, if you want to go on that entrepreneurial path, man, embrace it, become grossly obsessed with it, and just watch things transform, man. Um, You know, uh, also, I would say another lesson again, there's a lot of them, like I said, but, you know, and, and here's a good, here's actually a really good one because. When I first started early on, again, you mentioned like the behind the scenes. We do know each other behind the scenes. I, I've gone through a lot of personal growth in the journey as well. and It's it, it's, re- it's really cool that like you ask these questions. I don't really get the opportunity to talk about this stuff a bunch because I'm always talking Gamecocks and sports, and which is great. Right? I mean, that's, right, right. that's what I do. Yeah. But there is a lot more to it than that. I mean, I just I love being an entrepreneur, period. Man. I mean, I love the entrepreneurial grind. And that's that's why. I do so many things beyond just, I'm not just like, I never wanted to be, oh, he just does a podcast. It's like, no, no, we do podcasts. We do social media. We have a website. We do merchandise. We do, you know, uh, we do events. We do live stuff. We do remote stuff. We do everything. We do, we're hitting you from all angles. Um, And I feel like that's how you build an empire. You build a business, if you will. But what I learned along the journey and one of my greatest lessons I would give to people is this, because. <clears throat> you know, whatever success is for you, whatever, however you define it, it's different for everybody. But I know at least when I started early on, believe it or not, for those tuned in, the sports media world is a very ego driven place. Right. Very ego driven. Lots of egos. I know something you don't know. My report's better than yours. My content's better than yours, Right. You see that, Bill. There's a lot of ego. I mean, people are very sensitive, like on Twitter and stuff like that. it's it's really kind of crazy. It's actually like very petty high school girl stuff a lot of time, but they are. So early on when I first started, and there were obviously tons of media guys in the South of sphere, and they're still there. And I had a chip on my shoulder, and I did not always, I think, lead with the most positive intentions where it's like I, I, I didn't necessarily want to stick it to someone, but, like, I I, I had that chip on my shoulder, and I, and, and I wanted to prove myself. And, you know, I was obviously trying to break into this South of media media quote unquote landscape or just breaking the south kind of landscape you go to content landscape and differentiate myself and so you know you you rub some people the wrong way and and uh, you know you get in spats on social media and that's totally fine. listen man you can whatever success is for you, whatever the peak, whatever the or at least the begin of, beginning of the ascent is for you, you can get there being fueled by ego, negativity, spite, jealousy, anger, you know, we see it all the time, right? You think every wealthy person or successful person in America is some great human. being? No, there's plenty of people who have gotten to the top by by stepping on other people and, right. and, and screwing other people over. And right. You can, you can do that because in life you need fuel. You mm-hmm. just need fuel, right? Something to get your ass up out of bed and get you going, get like to drive you. Because that the worst place you can be is not, what I'm talking about being fueled by negativity, the worst place you can be is just not fueled at all and be someone who's, right. again, lethargic, going through the motions, has no drive, anything else. So you need fuel in life. You can be fueled by all those negative things. That I mentioned. Or you can be fueled by service, gratitude, love, empathy, truly caring about other people, wanting to provide value, wanting to create relationships. And so I guess one of my greatest lessons that I could pass on to someone else is like, I am someone I can speak from experience. I've been fueled by both at different times. I'm happy to say now that again, in like my personal development, I would say over the last year, year and a half, like I'm, I'm much more fueled by service, gratitude, love. Like I, I don't see value in getting in petty spats. I mean, of course, dude, I, you know, what I do, obviously, there's times where you go back and forth and you needle people, but it's never stuff that's like personal or, you know, across the line or anything like that. But as someone who has been fueled by both, you know, the negative and the positive, I would just tell people you can get to the mountaintop. You can go on the ascent. You can reach success or whatever that is for you with both on both sides. But it is so much more fulfilling Mm -hmm. when you're fueled by those positive things than those negative things. So I would just say whatever you're doing in life, just keep that in mind. Um, Because, again, you, you can reach your goals and successes with both as long as you have fuel but man, it, it's just, it's so much more fulfilling when you're actually, when you know in your heart of hearts that what you're doing, you're positively impacting people and people find value in it. And, uh, you know, again, you're leading with the things I mentioned, the service, the gratitude, the perspective. Um, again, I've been on both sides, man. And, and that's something I, you know, I journal basically every day. Yeah. And that's something I write in my journal every single day is that I, I am fueled by service, gratitude, perspective. My perspective drives me. I mean, I I am injecting massive amounts of value into the universe. Like again, it's just it's so much more fulfilling. So I, I would just tell people, man, if, if you're going to go on that journey, if you're on that journey right now, you know, try to try to shift your. And I know it's tough because the world is so chaotic and crazy, and there's a lot of negative, miserable people in the world. But take yourself out of all negative situations, and really be be cognizant and and, and mindful of your energy. You know, I I really try to be mindful of my energy, and and you know, say that I'm only going to Inject positive energy into every situation I come across because I, I just I just came to a point, Phil, where I found that every time I injected negative energy, there was a negative outcome. Believe it or not, shocker, right? right? There was a negative outcome. So if you can change your energy and change your perspective, and again, really, really genuinely care for other people, and and the golden rule: treat people as you want to be treated, and 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 let that be a guiding force in your day to day, and your content, or whatever it is you're doing, your entrepreneurial path, or just your path in life. I think it will it will drastically improve the quality of your life. You'll be a much happier person. And guess what? You know what happens when you're a much happier person? The people around you are going to be much happier. The right. people you come in contact are going to be much happier. You know what happy people do, Phil? They're much more willing to lend a hand and 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 partner with you and for lack of a better better way of putting it, spend money and 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 it's just, you know, we we're we're all human beings. We're all kind of in this race together. We're all running our own race, we're all here to help each other. Right. And so when you when you open your heart up and open yourself up to that, like you're opening yourself up, in my opinion, to opportunities and you're helping someone. It's almost like a pay it forward thing. And yeah. We're all in this to help each other. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that would be probably it took me a little bit to get there because I was like, man, that's that's such a tough question. I feel like the answer. But I, I would say that's probably my, my greatest lesson that I personally have learned along this journey that, that I could share with other people.
0: And one thing you mentioned, uh, you know, you're talking about Ascension and that's what's happening with your business and your show and stuff like that, but you're not stepping on people to get to that point. And and if anything, you're lifting other people up, which is something I I greatly appreciate.
4: Yeah, uh, You don't, you don't, yeah. Kind of the point you made, man. I know we talked about it before and, you know, you just, again, can you, can you get to the top by, by being a complete douchebag and stepping on the, I guess you can. Uh, but I do believe in karma also, you know what I mean? Karma has a, very the universe got a very funny way of coming back to you and 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 karma paying itself a visit to you if if you are that way so i just i don't believe that you know because i see it on social media sometimes of oh there's another game podcast and like they'll try to crap like bro you you don't make yourself look any cooler or better or more talented or skilled or you don't get any closer to or any farther up or higher on that ascension by putting other people down, if anything, you drag yourself back, because again, it's just such negative karma and negative yep. energy. And how can you produce any sort of positive content or just positivity in your entire life mm-hmm. when you're living in that negative cloud? And again, that, that, that bring it on that negative karma. So yeah, I mean, I, I really do believe in like uplifting other people. And, and I mean, dude, I, I because I, I've been, I've been at square one, I've been at square zero, you know what I mean? And, and sh- saw other people and, and reached out and asked, and I would have loved on a, on the journey if I if I had someone, you know, like like myself that would have lent a helping hand and, and gave any piece of advice they had or at least tried to. So, um, yeah, I, d- I definitely
0: believe in that, man. I've got one more non rugby question for you before we jump into yeah. rugby stuff, and I know your your rugby knowledge is limited, so we're gonna have a little bit of fun with you. Very. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who inspires you?
4: Uh, my parents. Okay. My parents definitely do. My parents have uh, they're the real OGs. Been uh, married since what ninety three, so twenty eight years. I think this was the twenty eighth. Yeah, twenty eighth anniversary. They've been together for thirty. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if they know that. My parents definitely do inspire me, though. And I, I've been do. I've been very fortunate, like my family life and. You know, as you as you go throughout again, I've got four siblings. They're all younger than me, three brothers and a sister. And got two loving parents, like I said, who still love each other. Again, I told you, Phil, we're talking. We're about to go on a, a family vacation to Universal and Disney World for the next four or five days. And you grow up, and those are things you kind of take for granted, right? Going on family vacations and just having two parents there and no crazy family drama. You know, directly. You know, everybody's got family stuff, whatever. But you know, at least the more people I've met, I've really come to be, again, be grateful and appreciate like how lucky me and my siblings are and were throughout growing up to have two heroes like we did in our own house, like our, like, like our parents, you know what I mean? That, that did what they did for us, made sure we never went without and stuff like that. Um, what Inspires me. That That's a great question, man. That's, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't I, that's tough that's tough I mean outside of my parents man like is, is there someone because I'll be honest with you I don't feel like I really need to look for external sources of motivation I mean there are people that I admire certainly and I look at again someone like Pat McAfee mm-hmm. um, who who built has built his platform being in very cutting edge yes. being very authentic and genuine and you know even somebody like and people might cringe at this, but like a Dave Fortnoy, not necessarily everything that they do at Barstool, everything he does, right. but again, someone who, in in regards to an entrepreneurial journey, starting a media media quote unquote entity, which Barstool again is very much like the Spurs Up Show, where it's quote unquote media, right? Doesn't fit in that box, which is a great thing. But uh, <laughs> starting, yeah, there you go. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. Love the shirt, yeah. but yeah, started started an entity from from zero and built it up and. and you know, him as a business person and how they operate, whatever, again, not everything they do, not everything that's ever come out in the news about them, but just, you know, some of the things, if you will, but, you know, I'm someone, man, that again, I, I'm, I'm very, again, I I don't need necessarily external motivation. I, I, I'm competing against myself Mm -hmm. truly. Mm -hmm. What, what, I'll tell you one thing that motivates me, man, what, what motivates me and inspires me is, my own personal journey, to be honest with you. I know that might sound crazy. It's like, how can someone be inspired by themselves? But seeing the personal growth and the overall journey and and just where kind of what I've come from and what I was doing and to where I am now to go from being so lost. I mean, I was I was so lost, man, to be honest with you, as a human being. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no clue what my future looked like. You know, I was thinking to myself, is, is this it? Is this is the corporate thing it? feeling like I was meant and destined for more. And, and, and you know, cause again, man, when you're at zero, it's just like, nope, nobody, nobody, life is hard. Nobody's got sympathy for you. Nobody cares, right? The, the bills are going to come no matter what your, you know, your, even your support system around you is going to say, Hey, that's great that you have dreams and aspirations, but you got to, you know, do something, right? You got to do something. That's, that's great. And also, you know, you, you, uh, to, to come from that man and it, it's like you know people ask me like oh who's your greatest competition w- within the the south kind of sphere who's your greatest competition within content Gamecocks content again this has been as as no slight as anyone but no one I, I'm not competing I'm competing against myself mm-hmm. because if I if I am getting the most out of myself and I'm getting one percent better every day nobody can beat me no one I, I fully believe that and again I, I if that I'll tell you this, if that were to rub someone the wrong way, if that comment were to make someone uncomfortable, yeah. then I will not apologize for my confidence yeah. irritating your insecurity. and I, I never will. I never will. So again, my parents inspire me for the way they raised us and what they did for us. And again, I, I there's other content creators, certainly that, uh, that I admire, man. But you know, on, on, on again on a day to day basis, I don't wake up and say, "Well, this is what he or she would be doing." So I, I, that inspires me to go. I'm, bro. I'm inspired because again, I have perspective, and I'm just grateful. I get to wake up and do something I genuinely love to do. I love being an entrepreneur. I love creating content. I mean, I love being in a creative space, man. And that's why I love creating merchandise. And obviously, you're you've got the merch on, and, and it's. You know, it's it's. I'm sure you know this, man. There, there's really no better feeling than rocking your own merch. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's pretty
0: it feels cool. cool. It feels yeah, cool. Yeah, Right.
4: And then and then for people to, you know, what else inspires me? I'll tell you this is is uh, people, people, positively impacting people. And like when people, when you see other people wearing your merchandise and and see people at the tailgate or see people out at games and they yeah. they come up and shake your hand and they they really show a genuine appreciation for the for the work uh, the, the value that, that, that I, and we put out in the world, man, it's, it's, that inspires me as well, man, that people would take even five seconds out of their day to tune in. And, 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 uh, it really, it really impacts them to that way to where they would feel compelled to share that with me. And again, that, that's, that has really inspired me and drove me as well since day one, that if I was like, you know, in the beginning, and I still feel this way, if I I can positively impact one person, again, we've succeeded. it's, because you never know that 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 chain reaction, that that se- sequence of events where you just never know how that's going to play out in our in our in, in the universe and how that impacts others. And, you know, it, it's all a chain reaction, man, in the world. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I would say, man. It's uh, I find inspiration from different places for sure. But th- those main ones I mentioned are, uh, are big for me.
1: Very nice.
0: Um, so I know that you knew some rugby guys from your days in Charlotte. You've met Carolina Rugby head coach John Roberts, you know me, you know Gavin Bennett. What's your impressions of rugby people?
4: Uh badasses. <laughs> Definitely badasses. Very very bros, very funny cool dudes, man. I mean again, I played college baseball and I like to think baseball guys were and that's what I, one of the things I love about Carolina baseball and covering it, man. It's it's just a bunch of dudes that are real cool with each other and I mean again, man, the relationships are great. It's like a like a family atmosphere, so no, nah, I mean all the interactions I've had with rugby dudes. Man, I think there's bros, honestly, that uh, you know love what they do. You know, very hardcore, and you you can't be. Uh, you gotta be, like I said, you gotta be a badass to play rugby. I mean, I kind of look at a sport like rugby, kind of like hockey, kind of like it's it's for men. You know, what I mean, <laughs> like it's yeah. or just just for a badass. And I know there's women's rugby as well. Shout out the Gamecocks women's rugby team, but you just got to be a certified badass for sure. For Sure. Um, yeah. but also, but also people, folks that you could. Uh, you can go to the bar bar with and have a couple cold ones with or a lot of cold ones with. So, oh, no, really, really cool people. Genuine folks, man. You know, uh, um, yeah, really, really cool down to earth. Just, you know, people that I think I would definitely and do get along with, no doubt. So,
0: Rugby is interesting because it creates character. I mean, a lot of sports claim yeah. that they help create and mold young men and, and young women and stuff like that rugby really does it, it teaches you a lot about like you know you, you get a fast track of your emotional development in rugby because mm-hmm. and practice and in games you're getting your butt kicked like there's no doubt about it you don't have pads on you can't hide from anybody you have to tackle somebody and you have to run with the ball and be tackled so mm-hmm. it's a rough sport it's it's for crazy people I mean well <laughs> I, I but, think
4: I told I think I told you this though man too like when I lived in Charlotte like way back in the day I I had a couple of buddies that went to East Carolina and they played rugby there. There was one of the guys, I forget his name, but he was like, like team USA rugby. Like he was legit, like really good. I mean, he was, he was kind of a maniac, but like, they were awesome. I mean, I went out with them a ton and they were just awesome dudes, man. So now from every, all of my experiences, man, you know, you are right. There's some sports where it's very, like the guys are kind of weird and they're just kind of jerks for lack of a better way of putting it. Like rugby dudes, all my experience, they've been, just absolutely awesome. So,
0: Very cool. Let's talk about your limited rugby knowledge. I'm going to ask you a couple questions here. Let's see if we can get some uh, funny responses. So, this is an actual position in rugby. What does a hooker do? See,
4: Phil, you're you're going to make me sound like a complete idiot. <laughs> uh, I know. I know what a I know what a hooker does in in other facets of life. Yes. Um, in the rug, in the game of rugby, I, I, I'd imagine it's almost kind of like a blocker. That's what I would do when I hear that word. I'd almost think it's like a, it's like a blocker that goes around the end, and just like lays somebody out for the, the guy with the ball to. Again, those two that like I have zero knowledge, <laughs> basically zero of, of rugby. So my answers are going to sound pretty ridiculous.
0: We're going to change that. We're going to get you up here to watch a Free Jacks game. We're going yes, to get you to practice and a game yes. next year. So, um, so we'll look back at this and laugh. But the, a hooker yes. is positioned between two props in the scrum and generally throws the ball into the line out. So that is what a hooker does. I mean, they're literally hooking the ball back with their heel, essentially, at the beginning of a scrum when the ball is put in there. I think that's where the the term comes from. What is a maul? has nothing to do with bears or any wild animals. What is a maul?
4: Well, see, when I think of maul, I think of, like, the scrum kind of. But I guess that wouldn't be right. like Because I think of, like, mauling someone is, like, like basically tackling them or like like going like head-to-head head with someone. So they are pretty
0: close. So it's kind of similar to a scrum where there's binding together of multiple players. A, a mall occurs when a player with the ball goes into contact with a defender, and while both players remain on their feet, at least one more other player from the attacking team joins the contact at this point, the mall is formed. So they're taking that momentum with another person and trying to drive forward down the field. Um, it's sort of like a scrum. It lists that directly here in the, the definition, except with the ball in the player's hands instead of being on the ground. So you were very close, man. What year was rugby invented?
4: Oh, this is It's got to be an old game. It has to be. I mean, I'm thinking like uh, – I mean, I don't want to go too far back, but, dude, I could see this being a game, like, in, like, the 1700s, bro. You're close.
0: You're really close. 1823. Okay. It's a Victorian-era sport. Um, The the legend has it that in England, a place called Rugby, a town called Rugby, a kid that was at a prep school playing soccer, he picked up the ball and started running with it. So that's how rugby started. <laughs> In in, a, in the
4: town of rugby.
0: In the correct? town of rugby. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. I love
4: that. That's cool.
0: So that's now great. you know when the, the year that it started. What year was rugby professionalized? When did they start paying players? I think I might have actually told you this in passing one time. You're
4: like that had to be oh, okay. So so, this isn't just the U.S., right? This is like internationally. So yeah, we're talking. When about, they started paying you know, players professionally.
0: Rugby is a global sport. Um, when did when did it actually become professionalized? I think this this uh, year is in England, but I, I feel like I think in France they started paying players like under the table before this. But like this is the official like world rugby. This is when everything is going professional.
4: I mean. Maybe the turn of the century, like nineteen hundred, is that is that too, or was it more recent than that, or was it longer ago than that? Nineteen ninety five.
0: Wow. So Good I God. mean,
4: yeah, it, 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 very yeah,
0: recent. Yeah, very recent. So I mean, obviously, there were World Cups before that. There's been teams that have been playing for a long, long time. There's club teams, but it was all amateurism. So the way that See, rugby-
4: I, I figured, I figured like baseball was paint like had professional teams so long.
0: I'm like. Maybe rugby had professional teams also. I guess the uh, what the the main thing is like it's all upper class people that played rugby in the beginning, and they considered right. it such a, a a very important game. They they considered like being it being professionalized. They considered that being like watered down like oh you're 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 playing this game for money how dare you this is supposed to be for recreation for all the upper class people so yeah, that's how it started and you yeah, know it took them forever to get uh professionalized but now that it is i mean we've got a team in new england now, so it's awesome <laughs> um love that before we get to one word association and get you out of here I know that Christmas is your birthday happy early birthday once again
4: thank you Christmas
0: is right around the corner I actually was wearing I was gonna wear a Christmas sweater but it was green so it actually made me look like I didn't have a body because of the green screen behind <laughs> it, like that uh, so what is your fondest birthday slash Christmas memory? And in addition to that, do, they, do you get a birthday cake on Christmas as well? Is that, uh, is that how it works?
4: So my, my mom actually makes uh, this recipe, Grandma's chocolate pie. That, that's always in like my birthday cake, if you will. So, okay. And I mean, I request it. It's, it's so good. Yeah. So good. Grandma's chocolate pie. That, that has been a staple for a while. Uh, fondest birthday slash Christmas. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've they've all been, re- you know, I'm always in my family. They've all they've all been really good. I mean, I will say my, you know, which is kind of ironic this week, but you know, my my senior year of high school to celebrate me graduating my senior year, and it was my birthday. We went to Disney for a week during the during the week of Christmas, so we went to Disney on Christmas Day. Nice. Um, I mean that one that one was awesome. Um. I mean, you know that they, they've my my birthdays and Christmas all look really similar, man. I mean, to be honest with you, because I like, I'm always at home with family, so it's it's hard to pick just one. But I would say that one was was really really cool. Um, you know, like I said back when I was in high school, going to going to Disney. But man, I, you know, again, not to sound cheesy or corny, but they're all great, man. It was I, I get to spend time with my entire family. You know, like I just told you, we went and picked up my brother from the airport. He's he's on leave from the army, so we haven't yeah. seen him in a while. So being here at home with the entire family for Christmas this year, like I said, will be really, really special. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, but, but I will say like the one thing is that when your birthday is on Christmas, like for example, my 21st, I I didn't, I didn't go out and like on my 21st that day or anything or whatever. So, you know, there's some drawbacks and people ask, Oh man, that sucks. But you just kind of get used to it, man. And people ask, do you get double? I'm like, I've never gone. I've never gone without, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm certainly not going to be one to complain, but, uh, now, that, that Disney trip was a good time. I'm not going to lie to you. That, that Disney trip was a pretty good time. But it's, it's hard to beat Disney World, man. It really is.
0: It really I'm is. a universal guy, but I understand the allure. I think I'm going to go to Disneyland yeah. next at some point yeah. right, in uh, California if we get together. Yeah. But, yeah, awesome. Um, One-word association. So, I'm going to say one word or a couple of words. The first thing that pops in your mind, one word, just throw it back at me and then we'll get you out of here, okay? All
4: right. Gotcha.
0: New England.
4: Patriots. Okay. Rugby phil harris (laughs) (laughs) christmas santa claus Uh, spurs up
0: show (laughs) (laughs) carolina gamecocks i agree jacks rangers right here free jacks yeah very nice man or i I would say or i would say pit vipers there you go. Yeah. I might have to change this logo, at, you know, at some point, but, uh, yeah, for right now it's pit vipers all the way. This has been fantastic, Chris. I appreciate you so much. Um,
4: no, oh, this has been incredible, man. Sincerely. I, I appreciate you. And like I said, it's, it's been awesome. Um, you know, cause obviously I, you know, it was very, very recently you recall me asking for different pieces of advice and kind of how to get started and going. So it's awesome to see you kind of, and I'm, I'm sure you've, You've learned a lot behind the scenes on your own, like as far as like the journey and making content and the video side, and the audio side, everything. But I I see you always posting with like the graphics and, and, and all the content and you're, you're crushing. So it's been awesome to follow along. And I'm I'm, uh, I'm really happy I was able to grace the airwaves and, and come on and chat with you, my man. It's really, really good stuff.
0: We'll have to do it again sometime on the Ruck and Rooster show as well. And then Dude, Yeah. When we get you up here uh, to New England to see a game, we'll have to make like a little vlog of that too. That'll be cool. Yeah, maybe when it's a little bit warmer. Which is <laughs> <laughs> we'll never. No, uh, they, they'll have some games in the springtime. So yeah, we'll we'll see yeah. you soon. I'm sure.
4: Dude, I'd love to. I'd love to. Let's make it happen, man, for sure.
0: So we say one word to exit the videos. It's huzzah. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Ranger Show. Davis here with us, of course. We've got a very special guest. This is round four with this man. He is the performance director of the Free Jacks. His name is Thomas Kindly. TK, how the hell are you?
3: Gentlemen, no, doing very well, thank you. And, and yourselves, Dave and Phil? Not too bad, man. Yeah, doing great. Looking forward to
1: the uh, Christmas break coming up. Just riding out the last week. Four things take a little little snooze for a week. So, been good.
0: That's yeah, TK, we appreciate you coming back on for round four here. Um, tell us, what is it like nowadays? Uh, what's a day in the life of you as the performance director of the Free Jacks now since the last time that we spoke with you? Has anything changed?
3: Yep. Uh, yeah, no, it, it has certainly changed. And um, that I, I have become one of U Haul's um, <laughs> probably favorite people. Uh, Or maybe least favorite because I don't always return the fuel exactly to where it it had been. Um, But I've certainly been racking up a lot of miles on U-Haul. I don't know if our marketing staff, whether I'd be their favorite person anymore. Um, Whether or not I I was in the first place is probably debatable as well. But, um, you know, I've been having them lug couches. They've been moving moving gym mats. There's been all sorts going on. Um, And then obviously I've been getting to know our new stuff. Um, and playing group for, for 2022 as well, so that's that's been cool, um, as as well as balancing sort of some some trainings and stuff um, alongside all of that. So it's, it's been a quite a, a hectic last couple of months, um, but no, no, it's been been awesome, and it's been cool. A I've got a new background now in this week corner here, so um, I've moved moved down to North Weymouth, just across the bridge um, from from Quincy. I'm, I'm a nine minute drive. Uh, which has been awesome, eh? So to just to migrate down here, just moved down here this week, uh, with the missus, Darby, and I here, so uh, we're we're happy to be be south. Yeah. yeah. Very cool.
1: Yeah, sounds busy.
0: Did you have any of your players help you move in?
3: Um, yeah, your yeah, players have been they have been helping out. Um, you yeah, no, and I try not to to have them do too much. You know, the last thing I'd want is like a, you know, some sort of uh, repetitive use. Uh, injury to some sort of vertebrae or something yeah that <laughs> so I'll leave, leave that to the staff I'm not so worried about us we can be limping around but that they can't be so yeah
0: nice. uh how's the new forge coming along and what type of manual labor I know that you posted some social media posts what type of manual labor have you been doing there uh since the creation of the new forge
3: yeah, I've been I've been convincing our staff that it's really good for them. You know, manual labor teaches <laughs> in schools some work ethic, and it, it, it you know it, it, um, it teaches us that our jobs you know they're not too bad at, at the end of the day. Uh, and some people do that sort of stuff day and day out. So it's been it's been good for us all to to sort of get stuck in and get our hands dirty. But yeah, so we, we've signed a five year lease um, in the in the um, Bank of America building, which or the Granite Trust building. A lot of people will be familiar with um in quincy center um which is which is awesome it's obviously depending on which way you go it's a five minute drive to the to veterans if you're going um from the forge out or if you're going in it's only three minutes so like it's just a, a game changer in terms of you know a high performance setup um all of our players are sort of living in like the Quincy, Neponset River, um, Dorchester areas. So like they're all within 15 minutes. So again, that, that's a game changer. And it's only sort of 15 minutes from um, Union Point Sports Complex for when we're training indoors. So, um, you know, that's been awesome to sort of have that in place. And in terms of our setup, uh, we have leased the whole lower level of the building, um, but we're doing like a full kit out of that space. Um, so that's going to take a few months to, you know, get that to where it needs to be. We're like installing showers and, you know, installing turf and like turning it into like an all-in-one high-performance um, facility, which is awesome. Um, so for the time being, uh, the building have been pretty good for us. And they've given us the whole second floor for like our office space. Um and medical and meetings and player lounge and nutrition station so we've been all hands on deck getting that like all set up um and then we've got a what used to be a jewelry store 3,000 square foot space that we've been outfitting and turning into our gym space so that to be honest that space will be just as good as the the lower level when that's done so it's quite good too that it's in the same building we're able to pop down and see the progress on the lower level and um yeah no it's been all go away putting that together.
0: That sounds very encouraging, man. I mean, a five-year lease. I mean, you guys are committed to Quincy. That's awesome. Um, yeah, Dave and I would love to, to check it out when it's completed, you know, jump in there, uh, do some videos and stuff.
3: Yeah, I've been, I've been tempted to invite you guys down early, but I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to have you guys, you know, I don't want to diminish the surprise or the well factor, you know. I'd rather you guys right. come in when it's set up and ready rather than kind of seeing it at 60, 75% completion and, and when you could get it, you know, an even bigger sort of more, you know, I want David's uh, Reddit comments to be, you know, through the roof. I don't want them to be here. I want them to be <laughs> right out there. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: Absolutely. Um, the new strain of COVID has restricted some international travel. When is the expected uh, arrival of the coaches and players now? And is there any type of contingency plan if this ban continues to go on?
3: Yeah, no, it's obviously like it's, it's – um, a bit concerning the obviously Omicron is ripping through every country at the moment. Um, obviously like you know, the NFL has been brought to its knees and rugby and, and other pro comps has been brought to its knees. So it's it's pretty heartbreaking sort of seeing that sort of stuff. Um, and you know, we're having to do all sorts of creative stuff to navigate it. We had Scott was about to obviously head coach Scott Matthews is about to fly out on December eighth. Uh, And then that was about three days or four days before that. uh, The travel ban was implemented for um, South Africa. So currently he's on his way to England. He's got a UK passport. So he's off there for two weeks before entering the country, Um, which certainly isn't ideal. But, you know, you've got to find ways to get around these things. And um, we've got a couple of South Africans about to depart to Mexico for a couple of weeks in the sun before making the trip north um, up to to Boston Um, and we're having some problems obviously with some of our Kiwis. We're having some problems with getting them um, appointments because the consulates in Auckland, which has been shut down for like the past four months. So there haven't been any interviews happening. So we're looking to find ways to get those guys over the line. So I think to be honest, every team's in the same boat Um, and in terms of contingency plan, we're doing everything we can to, you know, these are the guys we've invested in. Like we're not going to be, you know, saying sayonara to any of them or anything like that you know they're, they're going to be the guys that we're bringing over and whether they're here in you know January ideally or, or February or even March um we'll just yeah it'll, it'll probably mean more opportunities for local players um and we've got a bigger squad size this year anyway with 37 a wider squad of 37 players so um you know I think we're just going to have to um you know roll with the punches so to speak and and get get creative and um you know for me personally as well it's been quite exciting like you know out like you talked about like it's quite a significant gesture from the club a five-year term with um the stadium and the the complex so n- none of us are looking at this as a, a short-term thing we're all looking at it you know with a mid and long-term um frame of mind um so yeah, for me, it's been been quite a cool opportunity to be like, right, what infrastructure and people can we put in place to make sure that we set this thing up for long term success mm-hmm. rather than, you know, the, the games, um, the results in the short term. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. Obviously, every game we want to win. Um, but yeah, that sort of takes a backseat in, in terms of like the, the priorities.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. You know, it's unfortunate that these bans are in place, but it's just the world that we live in right now yeah and and you know trying to get around that and, and make creative ways to get these guys into the country safely of course um yeah. understand why that would be a priority of course um so with the guys that are already here right um, what has the, the pre preach uh, excuse me the preseason training been like um, and how many players are in that group
3: yeah so we had um we you know we had sort of speculated about you know, what what are we going to do? What do we want this December camp to look like? Um, You know, all all those things. And we talked about that as a staffing group. And obviously players aren't aren't paid and aren't contracted until January. And a lot of them have jobs um, throughout the day through December. So you've got to be, you you can't mandate anything at the same time. Um, So it was quite an interesting sort of, Thing. And a lot of teams wanted to have a, you know, pre-season begin de- beginning of December and there's pros and cons to both. Um, obviously, you know, in terms of player safety and stuff, a longer pre-season is always going to be better in terms of preparing them. Um, but at the same time, there's more expenditure and with the, the borders the way they are and stuff like that, there are all those different things to consider. So anyway, we ended up doing a, um, we've got about 10, 10 players roughly um, in New Zealand Um, that are coming over whether they're you know US qualified or not um, and a couple of staff members there so we're like hey why not get them up to Mike Rogers facility and and the Mount you would have seen some um, some tidbits from that so we got them up for a weekend Uh, they all got uh, medically evaluated Um, they had uh, physical evaluations did some conditioning testing um, learned some of our D systems for the for the upcoming year Obviously, some of those guys are more experienced players as well, coming from that area or neck of the woods. So it's quite cool for them to be able to, you know, take on board, you know, those key learnings. And for the likes of Joe and Harrison, some of our, you know, guys who, who the team sort of built around in some ways and guys really look up to and respect, it's really cool for them to also be able to tell uh, some of the new players like, oh, this is what the team's about. This is what we do. This is what it's like. And now those guys are really tight knit. Um, so that was really cool to be able to do that, make that investment in those group of players and get them on the same page. And, um, you know, they, they we put a wee bit of kit together for them and, um, you know, had them all looking the same. And so I think they really enjoyed that experience, which is really cool. And, and, and Mike Rogers did a great job. And also a guy, Thomas Grant, who's coming in as a, a sport management intern. So he did a fantastic job um, putting that together. And then with the um, Americans, we just decided to do a one-week sort of intensive training um week where we've got sort of around six to eight free jacks in the region now um and like a wider group of like another eight guys that we were keen to have a look at from different teams, um, whether they're from Boston RFC or or the Wolfhounds or up in Portland. Um we even had guys coming down from Vermont for a couple of guys we want to have a look at. So it was quite a cool opportunity to bring those players together and then do a, a really um just make sure that the trainings were really fun and And creative we had them filmed and the coaches were reviewing them and having a look at the players and and giving feedback to our coaches that are here running these sessions and altering them so heaps of you know con games and skills and um yeah i think the players really enjoyed the sessions got a lot out of them and you know something to hit off into the break and whilst that was all happening as well the snc's been uh sending out periodization and programming and guys have had a you know a mountain of work to get through to make sure they're coming and hitting the ground prepared so yeah, that's sort of been December in a nutshell.
0: Awesome. Sounds like uh, things are moving right along. Um, let me talk about. Uh, let's talk about the remaining signings or retentions that have yet to be announced. Can you give us a specific number about the guys that are still out there that are like mystery men at this point?
3: Yeah, I mean, you guys might be able to. I'd have to pull up my document, but you guys would probably be able to tell me how many. Um, how many have we announced to date, Dave? You probably not (laughs) I didn't. I
1: didn't get my tally together. Uh, I do have the news page up. I don't know. It seems like about fifty. I loved how active it's been. Yeah. Um, It's been really encouraging, uh, just to see um, all the different you know levels. Not people coming from like the U.S. Pathways program. People coming from South Africa, New Zealand. Just the effort is clear. Um, So it's really.
3: Pretty exciting. We
1: have
0: yeah, so fifteen right? because I made a graphic and it showed all what my, the potential starters were. So there's at least I
3: fifteen. It looked like a good side. <laughs> yeah, not too <laughs> bad, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so we've we've announced thirty four players, whether they're um, contracted players or trainee uh, player or development players. Um, we've got you know anywhere somewhere between sort of four to five um, trainee players who are going to be. Um, pretty heavily involved with us, which is which is quite cool. Um, guys that we're investing in and bringing into team housing and um, making an investment in They might not be ready to go right away, but they're guys that we want to sort of invest in and, and see where we can get them. Um, so that's been quite a cool revel- uh, revelation within our, you know, our contracting model or our, our squad model. Um, but yeah, 34 players announced to date. And we'll, they'll be sort of, you know, at least announced Um, And obviously we've got to find a way to get some of them in the country. But um, having said that, you know, the vast majority are going to be here uh, from the get-go anyway. So it's all good. It's not like we're going to be struggling for numbers or anything like that, but another kind of three or four at least to go and probably a couple more um, local guys that we want to have a look at as well. We've been doing our NCR. NCR have done a great job, uh, NCR being National Collegiate Rugby with their All-Star, New England All-Star team. Um, And so we've aligned with them and been helping providing coaching support and preparing those three teams that are heading heading down to Houston. And it's actually been really encouraging the amount of players that could actually step in. And I think, you know, um, with some time with our setup um, or even the independent setup, which we're looking to align a schedule um, with with our senior team, I think they could really step up and potentially um, add some value towards the middle back end of of the season. So that's been quite cool. Um, to sort of stumble ac- upon some new players, as I know a lot of teams have done throughout this period.
0: Absolutely, I mean development of those uh, you know teams that are directly below the Free Jacks or kind of on that level at that um, uh, minor league, if you will. Those guys, you know, coming through is extremely important, right? To develop those guys and potential uh, backups or potential stars down the road. So for sure, um, there are. There's been several new signings for the Free Jacks in 2022. Um, you know, you can take your, your director of performance hat off and put a fan hat on here if you need to. Um, who would you consider the biggest impact for this team um, with the new signings?
3: Um, yeah, no, good, good question. Um, well, I think there's a few good pets coming in, A eh? Like, yeah, Foster Dewitt. Um, like, speaking to Josh Larson about him, like, he's a guy who's just... Like, a guy who takes on board information, uh, fits in really well, really good, good bloke who's going to add a lot of value, like both on and off field. So definitely like Foster's one that, that we're really pumped about. And like you, like you talked about, the guys from the Pathway program, I went out, I flew out to Colorado and watched the uh, USA pit um, Uruguay on that occasion before unfortunately succumbing to them down south. But um, yeah, I was able to see the Pathways program in action. I was really impressed with uh, Javon, um Mika those two in particular caught my eye they weren't they weren't guys I was looking at um I was looking at Makaya and Zach Bastres who would sign from the or drafted at that point um watching that game but yeah i watched them play the 404 academy side I was really impressed with both the Javon and, and Mika and I think those guys will add a lot of value Californian boys who have been playing club rugby over there um so yeah they, they were really impressive and I think probably two that that people may not be as familiar with, are uh, Mills and Terrell. Um, yeah, so Mills is. Oh, both of those boys were. They went to big boys high schools in New Zealand, and both uh, were. Were uh, I think they were both head boy. Uh, Mills definitely was. I, th- I think Terrell might have been as well. But both really good students as well as really phenomenal rugby players who have both been in and around the New Zealand twenty setup. So. They've both got really good leadership qualities and um, coming in as really highly touted players who so are right on the fringe of super rugby and are going to add a lot of value to the team. I saw um, someone had a great comment about Joe Johnson's brother as well. I think he'll be a great ad um, to go with the mechanic. Like like you said, we'll have to coin a, a nickname for him. And, uh, you know, I think the centres, um, you know, LaRue and... Um, the Saffa boys, Larue and Wayne, are going to add a lot of value as well. Two guys who are real guns. Um, so I'm pumped to get those boys on board as well. And we've continued with like a, a bit of a multicultural dynamic. We're not, you know, one nationality. We just recruit the guys who we think are going to be, you know, best for our team and our environment. So, yeah.
0: I think we should call Joe and Alex together the Bash Brothers. Let's bring that back from the Mighty Ducks. I think that would be a pretty good one to, to call them collectively. But um, Christmas is right around the corner. What is on your Christmas wish list for this team? Doesn't it have to, have to be a signing, but any type of, you know, <laughs> something that you want to see happen with this team on your wish list?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, probably over the next couple of weeks, I'll be wishing for the, everyone to be assembled. It um, will be the first <laughs> thing I'll be hoping for. Sure. Um, but beyond that, like, uh, we've got we've got a really cool theme in store for for the team for twenty twenty two and like I'm really looking forward to you know getting our staff and them and, and them um, rolling out um, what is going to be a really cool campaign and like I think that's something we're we're as a staff trying to working really hard to make sure we provide an awesome experience for the players. In terms of making it really fun, and it's a great city to live in. We've got an awesome setup. Like, you know, I'm I'm pumped. I think it's one of the best setups across the league. Like, in terms of like player welfare and setup, and um, I think that they're, they're gonna just love being here. And not, like, I want you know, that's what I want us to be known for as a team with the best fans, the best setup. Like, guys love living there. Like, you know, we've got the best bars. We've got the best. There's, a, there's the Southern Man song that says we've got the best girls, the best beer. You know, I want us to be a little bit like that. Um, uh, so it's probably not super PC to say that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> something a bit like that, eh? Um, but yeah, mate, I like that's what I want us to be about, eh? And like if we can just be having a good time, get them here and get stuck in, then I'll, I'll be a happy man.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm going to let Dave yeah. take over for a little bit and I'll uh, talk to you here shortly.
1: Good, man. Yeah. Cool. Sounds like trying to be the team people want to play for, which is, I think, always, always a a really good goal. Um, So you talked a lot about December and what that has looked like Um, contract startup in January. So optimistically, assuming things with travel workout, you know, your contingency plans um, uh, with, you know, those two leg journeys and stuff. Um, What is, like, the preseason plan leading up to the season kickoff from, um, you know, January through to early February there, that first game in NOLA?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, good question. And, like, um, so I guess working backwards, we uh, uh, penciled at least, if not pinned, to play um, Old Glory DC as we were last year prior to the, the little COVID blip we had. Um, on the 28th, Friday, the Friday the 28th, I think it's pinned um, to be like a 7 p.m. ish um, scrimmage, and we're, we're going to go down actually the day before and do like a a live unit session against them, and do like a sort of a double header day um, against them. Um, it's such, a short preseason that we didn't see, see a lot of value, in trying to squeeze out two games within that time, um, instead trying to just focus on like preparing ourselves for that one. Um, and actually, we're, we're, we're actually deliberating around, you know, we've got one week against NOLA and then the bye, um, and then we play again. So it's nearly like a six-week preseason. So we, we nearly have the luxury of looking at it a bit like that, where we've actually got a longer preseason than anyone else. And, you know, we may not be the most prepared team heading into that NOLA game, but we're going to throw everything at it. may not be the prettiest game of rugby that you'll ever see, but um, it's actually quite cool to look at it that way. And... You know, there's no real pressure on us for the first six weeks. We can um, keep developing and be in a, a real growth mindset phase for that first six weeks. So that's quite cool. And obviously the first week sort of taken up with um, a lot of admin, getting guys uh, physicals, getting everyone accustomed into the area, uh, skills in S&C, um, and then that second week will really hit the ground running. So that's sort of the, the breakdown for you know for, for January.
1: Sounds great um you mentioned uh local players and people being able to move from kind of practice squad and and coming in and taking on more full roles um on match day cam davidovitz is a guy who definitely is in that category he's gone from a development contract onto a a full player contract how prepare him for this new contract and what can fans expect to see out of him
3: sorry mate you're gonna just cut out for a couple of seconds rip the I oh missed that little bit in between oh um, right, yeah just
1: so how did 2021 practicing with the free jacks and you know playing with the mystics develop cam and what can fans expect to play what kind of player are they gonna see he's yeah. our new local guy so you know he's got a lot of fans
3: yeah 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 no cam, cam's a legend they eh? like i mean him and cody have been coming down to these sessions off the farm and Um, like, I mean, he, he is tough as nails, like typical farm boy, just tough as he's, he's physically, he's there, um, which is awesome. And I I think for him probably coming in, he was able to sort of upskill around some facets of the game, like line out time and sort of the nuances of the nuances of the game and, and learn around the likes of Josh Larson and some of the, you know, good back row operators like, um, Joe Johnston and, um, know, Terram and guys like that. So that was, um, I, I think he took a lot from that and, and probably um, was able to um, see the deficiencies in his game and areas where he needed to, to improve and, and definitely make strides in that direction. And he was arguably the form Lucy of the loose forward of the um, ARP this past fall. We were watching all the games and super impressed with him. Carries like a beast, defends like a beast. He's super busy he's fit as so um you know it's just a real busy physical back rower um who can probably play probably play right across the back row if you wanted him to um he's a line out option as well so yeah i think um we're really excited by him and and um yeah i think there'll be more stories like that coming through like there's been other guys we've had eyes on some other guys who have impressed me um matt gash um who's an Endic- indico college product he's still there um so he, he's one that we've definitely had eyes on. There's a guy, Paul uh, Januszewski, I believe you say his last name, who is an outside back from Wolfhounds, a uh, young fella who's uh, we've had our eye on as well. Just a, a like quite a number that we're looking at um, hitting into the 2022 season and looking to do a way better job moving forward of you know. Um, over the next three to five years of, of form, forming our um, or building out our academy um, process so that we can better develop pl- local players um, than we have done in the past. Awesome. I love the
1: Endicott connection. I have to say go goals. Charles Rivers got a pretty good Endicott uh, College hookup and their current forwards coach, Charles Nastasi, is a uh, Charles River boy. I coached him. He was a pleasure to have on my team. And uh, I love that he's moving on in his coaching journey now. Um, yeah. That is all great. Uh, moving into looking at the season, the Free Jacks have festivals planned for every home match. Something I know people are really excited about. Is there one that you are looking forward to in particular? So, which one do you think is going to be the banger?
3: Yeah, good question. Yeah, that no, I thought that was that was awesome, A eh? Like, and that's something that's completely different to like my neck of the woods where um like crowd crowd numbers and stuff like i I think we we do such a good job of of you know creating that festival environment and and making it a place that people want to be and um and i think our proximity to that the ease to getting there now is, is is so much easier you can jump on the red line and get down there from the city and so i think it's gonna be really cool to see what we can um achieve in the new stadium um but, yeah, I'm thinking of the images, mate. The um, the St. Patty's one's obviously going to be cool. I think the Aspen one's going to be hilarious. Hopefully people are dressed up in retro. Right uh, here.
0: I've already got my outfit, boys. It's, it's going to be absolutely fire. It Phil is, is your amazing. huckleberry. Yeah.
3: I hope it's tight, Phil.
0: I've lost 16 pounds, so it's going to be pretty loose. Uh, I'm getting ready for my alumni game next year for Carolina rugby, so –
3: I'm going to be down to 220. Oh, nice. Shit. Well, I'll, I'll yeah, have an eye out for you.
0: Yeah, keep uh, me in mind.
3: <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, I think those were a couple that definitely caught my eye and I was, I was real pumped about. But, yeah, how about you two? What were your favorites, Dave? What was your favorite, mate?
1: Uh, I'm I'm torn, but I got to say, I think I'm, I'm looking forward. To... Jazz and Ska night is going to be insane because, you know, I love the audacity of putting on a Ska night in 2021 um but, mags, free... but
0: that, that's just not my scene at all man yeah that's
1: <laughs> big big mag's energy um april 9th the uh unicorn party where we're playing seattle yeah, um is nice. world's biggest unicorn party it's been billed as i am looking forward to it. i know it's going to be hilarious uh, I know it's also going to be kind of the Scotland night, Unicorns the National Animal Scotland, which, you know, it's not the most known fact. So I like that it's kind of a clever way to nod to, uh, you know, our our Scottish players. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also know that my daughters are going to have a great time and are going to come dressed as unicorns, and it's going to be hilarious. So <laughs> I, I got to put I got to put
3: that at the top of my list. I'll, I'll make sure I tell my wife that she's to dress up as a unicorn for it as well. So she'll be there. Love it. Um,
1: moving into talking about the MLR landscape for 2022, um, the Dallas Jackals are joining up. Houston has brought in a very accomplished uh, director of rugby and Meyer, um, and Austin has made some big profile uh, signings to bolster their attack. They've always had a really phenomenal defense. Um, we'll be traveling to Austin. We don't play the other two teams in our season. So this is more of a kind of general landscape question, but do you think there's a chance that Texas is going to become kind of a lion's den in 2022, a place that it's it's kind of tough for teams to travel down into and play those, especially the Houston and Austin teams?
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's some um, some good people involved in those teams like Sam Harris is doing a really good job with Austin and in, in terms of like just building continuity and um, getting people excited to be there compared to, you know, what it used to be, which was a disaster. Um, and then um, like Dallas, Elaine Vassie's, um super lovely person and, and doing a really good job there. Uh, and then JT Onya is, um, I think he's ready for a change of fortune. So I think regardless of whether or not the South Africans eventually get to Houston, I think they'll be improved um, for sure. Um, oh, I think Dallas... You know, it's got tough on any new team coming in. I think, like, the, the North American talent base is pretty is spread pretty thin. So, you know, they're up against it from the get-go. But, um, you know, I think they're definitely making some really good steps in the right direction. And then, yeah, Austin, I think they've made some clever uh, decisions. To One of them has been, like, to bring on players that already have their visas and get them into the area ASAP and get them, you know, running. Um, and I also think that they're they're ahead of the game in terms of like getting to, uh, getting to games within the um, you know big American football games the, the Longhorns or whatever they're called the what are they called Phil that that college team down there
0: uh, the University of Texas Longhorns
3: yeah yeah, yeah. You, are, you are correct yeah I just think like that's something that you know it's non-negotiable every team's got to be doing that we've got to do a, bit, a better job of getting to you know Boston College games or Patriot games we've got to be tailgating there we've got to have players there you know it's just something that we've got to be doing over the and we've done a really good job of that so uh, they're going to be uh, yeah a, a team that's going to be tough to beat for sure heading into um yeah heading into 2022 so yeah it'll be a tough place to go regardless where you go down there I'm, I'm sure very good and my last question kind
1: of a two-parter. One of the big moves out of Houston was uh, Sam Windsor, who's been a really dynamic fly half, uh, one of the top point scorers, um, can attack, he can kick. Uh, He's moved to New York, which sets up the Andy Ellis-Sam Windsor connection, launching that attack. Um, So two-part question. One, did you grow up watching Andy Ellis play rugby? Is he like a rugby hero to you? And two, how do you beat that rugby hero and how much are you looking forward to that
3: yeah no we had we had some we had some good chats to sam as well as he was looking to sort of make the next step of his his rugby journey um and uh i definitely wish him all the best there i think he's done so much for the league and he's he's a great blow so like i mean he's tough as he's he's had some bloody tough losses down there and like he's he's always conducted himself really well Um, so Credit to him for all of that, eh? Uh, But, yeah, no, Andy Ellis is definitely someone I grew up watching and World Cup winner and just, like, legend of the game, so it's awesome to have him there. And even Rick Salizo, I I grew up with him on TV. Uh, He's essentially the general manager, acting general manager, I think, um, split with Steve Lewis down there. And um, he's also someone that, you know, I grew up watching on telly, so it's been pretty cool, like, interacting with the likes of him. And, yeah, I mean, it'll be... They're two talented operators, aren't they? Those two. So um I'm sure we can we can find a way though. They've got some aging bones between the two of them. So I'm <laughs> sure our youthful uh ness between uh the likes of Yakubian, um John Poland and Holden, um Boiler and 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 Walks can probably uh find a way to get the job done um against our, our arch rivals down there, but we'll see, yeah uh, so was a tough one
1: love it i like I, I think the point is well made um about youth and i really love that overall picture that the team is presenting um i think that all of the the you know you look through all these signings and you look at the age and it's you know 22 23 targeting these really really young prime athletes who have a lot of uh a lot of upside and not much downside um so it's really exciting
0: Dave, we lost you. TK, you still there?
3: Yeah, yeah I'm still here, mate. Okay. Right. We're going to get him in three, two, one, are we? And, boy, I just can't
1: imagine what the world is. <laughs> am, am I back now? Yeah, we, we... have to know. Uh, well, I'll, I'll try to be less verbose. I love how young the team is, and I can't wait to see um, – the work rate that these guys are going to put on the field, I think is really exciting going into 2022. So great work. No,
3: thank you. I appreciate that, mate. Yeah. That's a beautiful summary, Dave. Uh, We've got four
0: minutes and 27 seconds left because I have not upgraded to pro yet on zoom. And the reason for that is, is not a lot of people are buying our uh, Jack's Rangers hats. So I just wanted to take this moment while we have four minutes and 15 seconds left to promote the Jack's Rangers merch store, go to jacksrangers.com forward slash store Get all your Christmas gear for all the Rangers out there. Uh, Christmas right around the corner, so make sure you get that stuff. We've got cold weather gear there, guys. We've got hoodies. We've got everything you need. We've got beanies there, too, so check that stuff out. Uh, final thing here, TK, before we get you to one-word association, there is chatter that um, Rugby United New York will be changing their name soon.
3: Do you have a suggestion for them for their rebranding? Jeez, I've got to be careful here. Oh, you're trying to get me in trouble, man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you really got to thread the needle between making the fans happy
3: and keeping everybody happy in the office. Oh, I'm sure between um, yourself and the big guy, you guys can uh, aptly put something together for them.
0: <laughs> well, trust me, we already have, and we've sent it to uh, the, their, <laughs> their folks over there. I don't think they would like our suggestions, though. I suggest it as the number one is Little Brothers because I consider them completely <laughs> inferior as an organization to us, and hopefully that will be reflected also this year in the the games that we play against them, so.
3: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll mention that to Rick and Steve, and, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll love it.
0: Yeah, so. we, we've had interactions with Steve before, so he, he's a great guy. He's just he's just working for the wrong team, unfortunately. You know <laughs> how it goes.
3: Yeah. Oh, it was...
0: um, let me go to jump into one-word association as we have two minutes and 53 seconds left. Um, one-word association, you know the drill at this point. This is round four for you. Uh, Lord of the Rings.
3: Yeah, I, Gollum.
0: <laughs> winter right around the corner is coming yes it's, yes it is haka
3: carlos spencer
0: okay ollie engelhardt
3: yeah a unicorn <laughs>
0: <laughs> um speaking of him i've requested him multiple times to come on this show and he keeps um dodging us so if you could send him a little memo to, to, to get on the show at some point, we would appreciate it.
3: He's had out of office on his calendar for so long, honestly. I've been trying to reach out to him, but I haven't heard from him in so long. So <laughs> maybe you reach out to him for me.
0: Someday we will get him on here. Before hell freezes over, he will be on this show. Um, Christmas.
3: Uh, lights. It's
0: true. Uh, the Forge is the final one for you here.
3: Yes, soon to be renamed. How about that?
0: <laughs> All right. Perfect. Ooh. Uh, you want to spill those beans now?
3: I cannot. I'm sorry. Ah, the coaches will kill me. But um, I'm sure you guys can, uh, if you come and visit, I'm sure you'll, you'll be able to put your creative minds together and and uh, get the just. Love, Love it. it. Looking been, forward to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to do that. This has been awesome, TK. we got one minute and 25 seconds left. So to all Great. the Rangers out there, if you want to have some final words before we get kicked out of here. <laughs>
3: No, yeah, I guess, um, no, thanks for the support, um, you know, it's, it's like, I love that photo that they posted of um, the bird's eye view of, of Veterans A. like, it's such a gorgeous stadium, I saw some horrendous rankings where we were ranked third to last, worst stadium in the league, that is some bullshit, like, it is, you know, I reckon it's right up the top, A eh, in terms of environment and... Um, you know, it's in one of the best cities in the in the league as well. In Quincy. It's such a cool city. We've been able to explore it, get around to some coffee shops and bars and check it out. And, you know, I think that was one of the appeals for us being based right in Quincy Center is like to have 40 massive rugby players walking out and bumping and into <laughs> all these different people. People will be like, what the hell's going on here? And a lot of people already have been like wondering what the hell's going on. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, yeah, to have our gym with the wide open um, right in the Quincy Center and people looking in there and seeing, like, gym and skills going on, it's going to be bloody awesome. So, yep, get get involved. And, yeah, can't wait to see everyone there in 22A. Eh? Regardless of COVID, we're going to keep charging on and um, get the thing hustling.
0: All right, you know the the words that we're going to – the one word that we're going to say, three, two, one, Huzzah. huzzah! All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangersshow at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Definitely keep liking our graphics and commenting, continuing the conversation over there on our social media platforms. Once again, we are doing a charity drive for Massachusetts Youth Rugby Organization, which oversees all of the youth rugby teams in the state of Massachusetts. Before we get out of here, I just wanted to provide the URL for the mullet charity drive, uh, Phil's last ride that I'm doing. To donate, go to tinyurl.com forward slash mullet. Charity. That will take you to the GoFundMe page that is now uh, 10% completed. So the season isn't even close to starting yet, and we're already 10% to the goal. So right now, I am working on that mullet. It is growing right now. So I'll start providing pictures in the coming months of what it looks like. If you see me at games, make sure to take pictures with me in the mullet. Please do make a donation or consider participating. This isn't, doesn't have to be just a thing that I'm doing. If you grow on a mullet, yeah, that'd be great uh, to show sh- solidarity with the, the cause here to increase funds to the youth rugby programs in Massachusetts. So yeah, I appreciate you guys looking into that. And and donating if you can. Final thing here, of course, we like to do every single time in American Revolutionary War history. On this day in 1777, Sultan Mohammed III of Morocco declared that American merchant ship would be under protection of the Sultan of Morocco and could have safe Passage. So that is our today in American Revolutionary War history. Appreciate you guys joining us once again in the final episode of season one of the Jax Rangers show. You will hear from me again in the month of January as preseason for the Free Jacks gets started up. Until then, happy Jaxmas, have a happy holidays and a happy new year. We'll see you soon. Let's ride, saddle up. Woo! Huzzah!